This is a HeadGum Podcast. Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and this week, the annual summer movie review with, of course, my friend, Patrick Castles. Pat. Hey. Welcome back to the show. Oh my God, thanks for having me. Uh, okay, so we are doing this a little differently, as you may recall. So this is like kind of part two of our summer movie review this year, because uh, about eight months ago, I guess, because uh, we only had the idea midway through the year, we looked ahead at what movies were going to be coming out in summer 2019, and we predicted uh, how they would do on Rotten Tomatoes. We recorded this. You probably, hopefully, maybe, uh, heard it when we released it a while ago. And and also eight months ago because it was so long ago, there was no reviews of these movies. They were not out yet. No even like preview yeah, reviews, a lot of them were, except maybe one or two like canned films or something. Right, very speculative for so some we had of them. no idea. Um, so we made predictions, and now it's kind of like the end of the summer, and uh, it's time to settle up, see who won. I feel like I checked in with you like once every three weeks, and I feel like I was being annoying. No, but you did check in a lot. but And I looked at you. It wasn't annoying. But it was you, vague when the end of the summer was. I guess it's obviously whenever the last one on your list was, right. but still. Well, actually, that's not technically true, because there's two movies that we made guesses about, but we just decided to record it now, because um, those two movies aren't out yet. They are Angry Birds 2 and the Playmobil movie. Those movies are coming out later in August, and we did hazard guesses about how they would be received, but um, one, I think we were like... Con- I heard they were delayed because the content was so graphic <laughs> that the producers demanded recuts because people were vomiting in the aisles. It was very like... It was like a Saw situation. And very, very politically controversial, too. Politically controversial, like people... like in. With Trump, is it really time for a Playmobil movie? So those movies are coming out, and we did make guesses about them, but it just seemed like we were neither of us was ever going to see either of them, so we wouldn't have that much to say about them, and they're still not coming out for a few weeks. So Hobbs and Shaw kind of marked the end of <laughs> also, our like, movie summer. Some of these movies, a lot, most of these are movies I wanted to see, but there's a few that I was like, you know what, I'll see this one because like it's on the list and I want to be every it. year. But I'm not gonna like, and some of them, even like The Lion King or something, is like okay, that's like, did you see that? St- we'll get to this. No, but it's ostensibly for kids, and if I'd seen that alone, it'd be like it wouldn't be weird still because I feel like it's it's even though it's ostensibly for kids, it's like this big prestige Disney yeah, movie. Sure. Beyonce's in it. Whereas, could you imagine like me being alone in the Playmobil movie? Like that's a, <laughs> that is basically for two year olds. Like, <laughs> they should true. not legally be be allowed to see the Playmobil alone. As it's a true. We're, we're going to talk about like Lion King and Toy Story four, but we are not going to talk about the Playmobil movie and Angry Birds two. So we're just. Even though we made guesses, we're just kind of cutting those off. Um, But I hope they're great. I hope they're great. Yeah, this brings up something that we talk about every year, um, which is that how many... Like, I saw so many fucking movies this summer, and so much of it was looking forward to right now, this evening, recording this podcast. This is our ninth. Our ninth, Pat. Do you know this? This is number nine. I'm pretty sure I should maybe double check it. This is our ninth summer movie review. Wow. Next year, number 10. We got to do something special. I don't know what it is. We're doing a Tarantino. It's going to be the last one. And then we retire (laughs) and go out of 10. Um, And one of them, wait, are you counting this one as a two-parter or are the individual? Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. I believe that's correct. I cannot believe that's true, but I, I don't think you're lying. I'm pretty sure this is the ninth year of this podcast. I'm pretty sure this is correct. Um, assuming it is correct, I'm actually want to do something interesting for the 10th one, but I don't know what. So if anyone has any ideas, 
uh, what we can do, please send that to us. Please. All right. We're going to get to the movies. Let me just recap the rules one last time. Uh, we went through all the movies. Um, so for each movie, Pat and I predicted what its Rotten Tomatoes score would be, um, and that's whatever score we look up today. Um, so we're going to compare our guests to the Rotten Tomatoes score, and we're going to look at the absolute difference. So it's not Price is Right style where if you're over, you lose. If you're five under or you're five over, that's five. And the game is the average difference. Who's going to uh, have the lowest average difference when all your guesses are average together? Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're higher or lower. We're going to average it all together. Whoever has the higher average wins. And reminder, Pat, the loser, there's stakes here, the loser of this contest will have to watch the worst movie of the summer by Rotten Tomatoes score, and they will have to do it sober. Ooh, God. So you know me so well. I wonder if we saw it already. I wonder if it's like possible I like already saw the worst movie of the summer. Um, and let me just see. I think that is it. Oh, one last note I want to make, which Do you we... mentioned last time, and I think okay. is a good note, um, which is that predicting the Rotten Tomato score is not us saying if we think it's going to be good, right? Like, this is a little bit different than if we like it or if we think we'll like it. The Rotten Tomato score is like its own number. And I think last yeah. time you said we were trying to, like, read the tea leaves a little and predict the reception rather than predicting if we were going to like the movie. Yeah, and, this, and, and, it, yeah and I think if you listen to that episode, we, we, talk, we, we kind of emphasized it in that episode, if I, if I recall. But just to reiterate, like, this, these guesses were not us being, like, not us trying to, to shit on these movies. Like, even ones where we were less excited about. We're, it was, like, we're just thinking, like, what is the Rotten Tomatoes verse going to say about this? So I think I probably gave low ratings to movies that I was really excited about and high ratings to movies that high guest ratings to movies that I knew that I was not excited about. You know, yeah. so this is not Actually, really, Pat, that's this a is perfect not- segue into our first movie. Let's get, let's get going. Cause that's a yeah. perfect segue. The perfect. first movie of kicking off the summer. Avengers Endgame, which at the time we oh guessed was called Avengers Infinity War two. They had not revealed the title Endgame yet. So um, what? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this film. Uh, I, I, this is a little indie that kind of came and went in like a day, right? You are speaking about uh, guessing low for movies you're excited about. I guessed uh, this was going to get a 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. You guessed 95. <laughs> I got. It. I know I won yeah, that one. So There's no way. It probably it is. has 100. Let's go right to it. Our first, uh, our first score here. We're gonna we're gonna start the scoreboard. Avengers Endgame on Rotten Tomatoes. Critical consensus, 94%. Exciting, entertaining, and emotionally impactful. Avengers Endgame does whatever it takes to deliver a satisfying finale to Marvel's epic Infinity Saga. And you love that movie. It's better. Oh my God, it's so good. Again, you probably didn't think it was going to be bad. You just thought, like, critics or people or fans were going to have some kind of chip on their shoulder about it. I think... And 70 is not terrible but it's you know i thought so pat you only missed it by one you guessed 95 was 94 i was off by 24 so you i got ah, the rest of this so game's good. gonna be like make me cr- trying to crawl back here yeah i think that a lot of this was i liked infinity war so much that i thought it was going to be impossible to follow it up and also i think that i was just like didn't want to let myself be too excited about yeah, it to a degree. right i'm like not surprised it's awesome i thought it was totally awesome i have a few things i want to say about this movie Finally, I know what you're thinking. Finally, you're gonna get to hear someone talk about Avengers Endgame. You know, like it hasn't. hasn't <laughs> well, really no, been- like, well, it's fun. I think it's actually. I think this as 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 endlessly. You joke, but I actually think you might have. It's a fun, undiscussed perspective. Is like perspective. Sorry, uh, is somewhat like what was going on in your brain that you would think 
it would only get a 70% of Rotten Tomatoes because, you know, the batting average of every Marvel movie is pretty high. I also think people have their knives out for Marvel movies a little. Like, I kind of think people, like, sure. want one of them to be shitty so, like, they yeah. can, like, jump especially, on it. Especially, like, finale, like, with, like, the Game of Thrones finale. Like, yeah, say what you want yeah, about yeah. the movie. People, like, kind of were ready to hate that before it even came out. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I watched Infinity War, like, the night or two before I saw Endgame and I was watching it and I was... I'm here. I love Infinity War so much. At the end of this movie, I'm like, all is lost. They can't. Like, I know everything's gonna be <laughs> right, fine. But yeah. I watch Infinity War. I'm like, there's no way they can come. You're back. like a child in like a 1920s silent serial where I, it's like she's on the train tracks, tied up. I, I, I'm watching Infinity War, going to see Endgame the next day, and I'm like, there's no way they can't save everyone. It's impossible. Thanos won. Like, what is going to happen? I was so excited. That movie so thoroughly, totally delivered. Hold on. I have notes for a few of these. Like, sure. Uh, that's just like one or two words, but there's two movies where I had to like open up a separate notepad for them, and this is one of them. I want to make sure we say... Oh, so here's the other thing I really want to talk about Avengers that I think is very interesting at like a meta level. Uh, so often in, on this podcast, we struggle if we should talk about spoilers or not, right? Avengers Endgame, like so many movies, they're like, this is an event movie, you know? Like there's so many movies where they're like talking about it, like it's going to be this big event, you know? Yeah. Avengers Endgame was maybe the only movie this summer, maybe the only movie I can ever recall that like really felt like an event, like a real cultural event. And when the movie was out, two, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, the directors, and you know Marvel Studios or whoever, declared. I thought this was very interesting. Uh, after the movie was out for two weekends, they said the spoiler policy was lifted, and you could discuss spoilers. Yeah, yeah. which is like not a law, but it was like this kind of cultural law, right? Right, right, right. And like we're always struggling with if we should talk about it or not. And I really appreciated the guidance from the Russos on if you could talk about it or not, yeah, especially with this yeah. movie, which had such a, a major spoiler at the end and became such like a cultural thing. Um, so I think we can discuss. First of all, I think so we if can we were having brunch and I and you hadn't seen the Avengers Endgame, and I said, "Oh well, you know." This, this thing happened, and you were like, that's a spoiler. I'm like, well, the Russo said no. I think it's more like a social media thing. Like, I don't think you want to tell someone, you don't want to go out of your way to tell people, but I think it was like, yeah, now you can start talking on social media about how Iron Man dies at the end of, of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, like, that movie is so good. Those movies, I, it's, I say this every time one of these Avengers movies comes out and people are like, oh, this one's good because they got them all together. But I think it's good in spite of the fact they got them all together. I wish like, we were just talking about Avengers Endgame because I have so many thoughts about it, but I know we'll run out of time. But I know. There's no I gong this time, huh? No gong. I, I, we should the probably, gong is a tradition that Jeff has to make sure we move on to the next yeah, movie. Yeah, maybe we should in- institute a gong. I spent so much time on the spreadsheet, I forgot about the gong. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's Jeff's quote of the day. <laughs> So I spent so much time on this spreadsheet, I forgot about the gong. Part of the reason I think maybe I guess this better, I think you you, you are much more of a comic book fan than I am. Mm. Possibly, in this case, too much for your own good because you were tempering your expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I was just like, no, this seems, everyone's excited about this. I love the last one. All these movies are pretty good. This was the big, going to be the biggest one. Why is it? So I think I was naive enough, and that naivete kind of was right in this thing. But my question is... Um, and this is sort of not really related to our guessing game, but this giant colossal ending, highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Inc- unbelievably good. It's so good. Like, what, are you nervous for the future of it? Like, not that they ha- don't it's, have cool stuff in the cooker, but like, it is true. It is a tough act to follow. I, but so is every Avengers movie. I don't really know. I and guess I'm, it'll be interesting to see like what happens when they try to replace... Like, you can't leave Captain America on the sidelines forever. I, I guess they do have a Captain America. Maybe you can't leave Iron Man on the sidelines I want to know what their next, like, 10-year... Like, the Avengers yeah. is this 10-year arc. What's the... What's the... 
Well, they is, announced is it more Avengers movies. They announced or it, Phase Four, which is. But what's the con- the Avengers was like the sort of yeah. overarching spine of 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 the last of yeah. ten years. Well, they did what's announce a new Avengers movie that they're building to. I mean, certainly they're doing something that they're building. It's going to be another Avengers movie. No, they they haven't announced a new Avengers movie. They did a new. They have not. They have not. They okay. announced um, the, the ones that like have release dates are Doctor Strange Two, Shang Chi, which is like their uh, martial arts uh, hero. Sure. Uh, what are the other two? The Shit. one that uh, Kumail's in. Oh, the Eternals. Yep. And I thought. See, I assume that one was like the next Avengersy one. That's going to be. Oh, and Black be- Black Widow's the other one. Anyway, uh, this is like uh, things that have, the internet has like. I'm yeah, you guys through this, this is already. not. I'm yeah. sorry. There's nothing. It'll be interesting but, to see. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess the main question is: Are you optimistic about well, the future? Here's what's interesting: Is like Marvel. Comics, if you're like no, <laughs> Marvel Comics has like never really had to reckon with like killing off. Um, Tony Stark and not being able to bring him back. Like, comic book characters get killed, but, like, obviously they always come back. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is probably never going to play Tony Stark again. I mean, maybe somewhere down the line or whatever, so... I hope he... I love him, and I love that character, but I hope he doesn't. I hope he kind of just, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he will, like, in some, like, one scene in a parallel universe. That's going to be something they're going to have to solve, and we haven't seen them solve that yet, and that's, like, not something you can pull from the comic books. It's, like, can... This new generation, like um, Black Panther and Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, like, can they be as good as... Uh, can they be the main characters in the same way, like, um, Steve Rogers and Thor and uh, Tony Stark have, like, been the main characters? Like, can we make these... I think probably, but, like, that'll be interesting to see. So, that's Infinity War. Pat is up by 23 points, and we're moving Holy on... Holy crap! ...to Ugly Dolls. That's gonna hurt you. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one to crawl back from. Did you know an Ugly Dolls movie? Do you even remember? I did not. So this is one I did not. We to be clear, we, uh, just to be clear, I don't think Jeff and I. I'm sure neither of us saw all of these. No, we kind of thought. I think we kind of knew that going into it, but it yeah. doesn't matter. We're just guessing what the score is. Ugly Dolls is one I definitely remember. There was zero trailers for. There was nothing to go on other than the fact that Robert Rodriguez was making an Ugly Dolls cartoon. And he we, directed it. Uh, whatever. Yeah, but let's look. I, I'm not I, sure. I probably guessed. I forget, but I imagine I guessed high on this one because I was like, "Oh, the Lego Movie was good." So who knows? And he, the Ugly Dolls are kind of sub, subversive. That's not what the word is, but he. All right. So Robert Rodriguez did not direct it. It's his company. Um, yeah, I think like it just seemed like an angle. Like Ugly Dolls, they're kind of interesting. They are a little subversive, right? They're Ugly Dolls. Like that's a little subversive. Just has, right away. it has an edge to it that other kid kitty stuff. Anyway, we sometimes. both guess really high. We guessed eighty two and eighty four. Okay, the movie got a twenty seven percent. Very young viewers may be entertained if only because they're less likely to recognize the many familiar elements in its affirmative yet formulaic story. Says Rotten Tomatoes. So that one's at twenty-seven. So we both missed by a lot because we both guessed high. Doesn't really matter. Um, but one of us. Yeah, won. I was. A, I was two points closer. So I'm, I'm closing the gap. Okay. Um, not, so you want you technically won that round. Yes. Okay. Not a lot to say about Ugly Dolls. You have any any thoughts on Ugly Dolls? Um, no, I, I didn't see yeah, it. I, uh, like, I, I kind of. I should probably. I should. I should. I should wait for you to say the numbers, but. I, my, I said my thoughts these before you said like, the numbers. Yeah, we just like I don't just know. Like, you know what? Ugly dolls might be an interesting moment to discuss in here, but we were wrong. I'm I'm probably I'll probably say a lot of the same thoughts I said the last time, just because I don't have that many original thoughts. But um, you know, like I don't think we're crazy for thinking it could be great. I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and that's I mean, kind they kind of changed the game for what like the Lego Movie changed the the paradigm for what. Right. What I mean, when the Lego movie was announced, people were like, "Oh, this is going to be like Transformers or whatever. Like, it's going to be this like cash grab." And Lego movie being, made anything possible. What Lego movie made 
just anything seemed possible. Especially things based on toys and, and, and toys and games or weird properties that you'd think would normally be a, like a really lame cash grab. It's, it's so funny with these movies. Like this is, I guess, the job that like movie studio executives play. You're like, we got an Ugly Dolls movie. Robert Rodriguez is putting the team together. Blake Shelton's in it. Wanda Sykes is in it. I'm not making that up. I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes page. Those are two people that are actually in that movie. And like, I don't know, that sounds pretty, like, that sounds like, a, like, I can understand the studio executive making the same mistake we did and being like, yeah, that sounds like a winner. Can I tell you a factoid that I think you would like that yeah. I learned somewhat recently? So Hasbro has like a, a movie division. Right, right. Transformers, of course. Yeah. Um, Battleship. Battleship. Maybe there's a um, Weechi movie, is that them? Yeah, the name of that production company, which I never knew before, or one division of it, like, is All Spark Productions, oh. which for you Transformers fans out there is the MacGuffin in Transformers 1. It's so, the thing that makes Transformers exist or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a thing inside Optimus's chest. I was expecting Jeff's jaw to drop. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good name. I mean, the All Sparks, like, I guess the thing that all Transformers spring from, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah okay. So the next one I think we're going to have a little <laughs> bit more to say about because we both saw this movie together, so we were not individual weirdos in the theater. It was Detective Pikachu. We Pat, did you and see I saw together. Detective Pikachu. Holding uh, hands. We were pretty optimistic. I guessed 83. You guessed 73. Actual Rotten Tomato score. I didn't look these up beforehand because I wanted to like find out uh, right now with so Pat on the air. We are both learning these answers. We're both learning who won. But I do a little bit have to frantically time. search for them as, we, as we're typing okay. here. 68%. Really? 68%. So I won. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu may not take its wonderfully bizarre premise as far as it could have, but this offbeat adaptation should catch most, if not all, of the franchise's fans. That's lo- having now seen it. That's lower than I thought it was would have. I feel like people generally kind of liked the movie. Yeah, that's what I thought no too. Under- I don't, don't. I don't have any memories of people being like, "Ugh." I do. You didn't like it. Am I wrong? Um, I was disappointed, but my my I mean as you as you see my my expectations were quite high. I think it was in the eighties, right? No, you were seventy three. I was eight. My expectations were higher as according to this. Oh, so I won that round. You did win that round. So I missed by fifteen, and you missed. Well, seventy three is not. I, that's that's not low expectations. That's so, a C. Yeah, I should I should probably be it's way too many numbers here. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I'm gonna get. Better oh yeah, I'm sorry. So, sorry. Uh, Pat, I guessed eighty three. Pat guessed seventy three. Actual answer sixty eight. So um, Pat was ten points closer on that round. Yeah, I'm gonna let you like do the. I'm gonna the let math. you like spell out the math and the ba- and like and who won. Yeah. I like should, you ever see the last? I'll, you I'll see try, the last, I think like, I'm gonna do less numbers and try to focus. I'll, I'll focus this in. I think I'm, give I'm you getting the, like, an idea. The Jared Harris and Chernobyl moment of like, here's what happened. Now you understand nuclear physics, and now enjoy the show. Yeah, so here's what happened is Pat, again, uh, got that one by 10 points. So I've got a real gap to close here with Pat. There's more movies coming up. Here's my question for Pat about Detective Pikachu. Pat, you and I have watched a lot of video game movies together. We once did a live show where we watched— At one point, we had seen literally every one. Yeah, we had seen—at the time we were doing that show, we had seen every one. That show was, I don't know, what, seven, eight years ago? So there's like, I don't know, a million since then, and I have— uh, done myself these <laughs> I've done the self-care to not see all of those yes um, but I do think it might be fair to say that Detective Pikachu is probably by far by far the best video game movie ever and that's damn yeah. it with faint praise because I think it's barely good it's like okay at best but I think it's by far the best video game movie I don't think there's any other video game movie that's even okay am it I wrong? Was, no I, th- I think you're right I mean like <clears throat> it clearly <clears throat> like video games are so much more it's not, not more popular now than they were then or like it's the first video game movie that seemed to have any degree of like true love and affection for the world, the video game that it was right, like making yeah. a movie of. Like even Mortal Kombat, which I think 
the first Mortal Kombat, which you and I, I think, kind of declared it's, yeah, nominally it's, it's the best the, one. It's on the short Still list. Still kind of didn't really feel like the people who made it really... Maybe they did. I'm being kind of unfair. But, like, this one, like, they had a lot. Like, I mean, like, I guess spoiler... They didn't, I don't know if they lifted the spoiler ban on this, but, like, <laughs> I remember seeing... I think there was, like, an applause break at the end when, like, the guy, the bad guy, or, like, the guy you thought was not the bad guy kind of d- does like the Pokemon version of taking Ethan Hunt's mask off and revealing to someone else which is like oh he's a ditto pretending <laughs> yeah. to be the guy there was like applause from the kids to be also to be clear this is a movie for children so right. our opinion should be taken with a grain of salt but yeah I think there was a lot of like it, it clearly like I mean, you have to know there was no like setup. Like, and by the way, Ditto is some. Uh, oh no, I think they established Pokemon. it earlier. In the Did movie. they really? I think Ditto was in the movie earlier. I do think um, it's interesting that like the fact that this is a movie where Pokemon exist was oddly like the least poke. The existence of Pokemon was the least weird part of the movie because then it was like, oh, and also they unlike the game, they live in this kind of like harmonious, sentient society with humans. And this one can talk. And then there's like a body swap thing in, at the end. Remember, like a, there's a consciousness kind of, changing. Yeah. I don't know. Like Bill, I, I, think it, I believe the, the final confrontation is like, you know, BAFTA winning Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. yeah. Transferring his consciousness <laughs> into a Mewtwo yep. and battling Pikachu. I guess. I do, actually don't remember. While his son, who was, turned out to be a ditto. I, Watches. I don't really remember the plot of the movie. I just remember like a lot of cool interactions with Pokemon. Like that's the thing about that movie that it gets about the Pokemon games is it would just be cool if Pokemon were real and we were hanging out with them all the time and it yeah. rendered them in like a really lush way that like um, made them I don't know feel like if the game came to life like it wasn't like oh a weird interpretation of them it really like yeah I think it honored the original designs and what made them great. So yeah, Pokemon best video game movie ever. Ryan Reynolds is. It's funny also because Ryan Reynolds is in. We'll get to this later, but he's in. Is this, can I spoil Hobbs and Shaw? I think you just did. He's in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not the biggest spoiler. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in it a lot. It's not like a cameo. He's yeah. like in it like multiple times. Oh, is he? I didn't see Hobbs and Shaw. I'm glad you did. You All didn't right. see Hobbs and Shaw? No. Oh wow, the surprise in your voice. That's that's gonna be the finale. Is us sorting that one out. So stay tuned, people drama i think we're gonna move to the next one pretty quickly it is the hustle which was the remake of dirty rotten scoundrels with uh rebel wilson and uh what's her name Anne hathaway i think mm-hmm. we actually guessed the exact same thing 90 uh we were uh, oops, excuse me we were uh, a little high on this one um this one kind of came and went without anyone really discussing it we both thought it sounded like a solid premise we liked the actress we liked the original movie it seemed ripe to be remade uh, and yet, it was not super well received, um, which is probably why you don't remember hearing anything about it. Um, just really filling times that pulled the Rod Tomatoes fourteen percent. The Hustle stars may make an effective comedy team in a different setting, but this gender flip remake of the remake adds little beyond its feminine twist. So this was a real miss for us, Pat. Though we both missed the exact same amount. Did you see this movie? I have nothing else to say about it. Really. No, I, I I love Rebel. Will- yeah, like everything you said. I wanted the, all those are reasons I. Should have seen it. I have no. I had. I can't really speak to its quality because I didn't. I'll tell you what, Pat. What if, we might get a chance to see it because that might. Fourteen is really low. Um, that's like pretty. Yeah. De- that's like a real debacle. I'm, I'm level. gonna see it. I'm gonna watch it like on a plane or something. I still. I mean, I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels so much. I think fourteen is currently the number to beat. I was worried it was gonna be Ugly Dolls. To be honest, Ugly Dolls is at twenty-seven. This is almost half an Ugly Dolls. That's how bad this movie is. 
according to Rotten Tomatoes. I wonder why we guessed 90. Was it's, it... There was nothing to go on other than the premise and the stars. And I guess, again, that goes to like how hard it can be to know these things. All right, the next one on our list is John Wick 3 Parabellum. Again, we had a pretty close guess here. There's only a few where our guesses were really far apart, and like that's where the game's going to be won or lost. And unfortunately for me, Avengers was one of those. Um, and Detective Pikachu was another, and you won both of those. So, Ooh. John Wick, I guess... Oh, let me look it up before I run through all this. I guessed 78. Pat guessed 79. Actual answer, 90. Pat, wow. a little bit closer. This is, I think, our first under... We underestimated. We both underestimated quite a bit on this yes, one. Yes, that is right. It is our first real underestimation. So who won? Uh, you did. You won by... But just by a little bit. Yes, by a little bit. Uh, John Wick 3, 90 does seem high, having seen the movie. Guys, I gotta tell you, here's my hot take. Way to price is right me, by the way. The only... Well, we guessed simultaneously on these. Uh, that's fair. Um, John Wick... Guys... The only John Wick movie I really love is the first one. I don't think the second and third are that great. They obviously have some great scenes. Three, probably even more than two. But, like, the first one's the only one I really love. The first one's, like, the only true classic to me. The Here, others are, like, a little, feel a little sequel. It's getting a little sequely, to say the here's least. Here's why that surprises me. You and I saw the first one together yeah. at the Arclight in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. We were both living in L.A. at the yeah. time. We walk out. We love, we love the movie. The best. And you specifically said, like, basically, to paraphrase you. Yeah. <laughs> so you specifically said, to paraphrase <laughs> you, you said, my favorite part was this whole, like, coin-based universe right. of assassins, which in the first one was, like, a cool touch, but not the main point of the movie. It was like, it was, okay, there's a hotel, and he gives him a coin. Part two doubles down on that. Part three quadruples down it's on true, it. It's true. It's true. Like the coiniverse, as Jeff Jeff coined, Jeff coined it, the coiniverse, and that's really like all it is now. I know. Like, so the third I think, one, I th- I'm surprised the third one is not like just mana from heaven for well, you. Well, you know, I guess maybe the coiniverse worked better as uh, as a spice and not as not a entree. You know, because um, yeah. I think the thing I love about the first one is how simple and effective it is, and like. It's just like a very good, simple movie that's like really surpasses your expectations. And like now it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like it's almost like a parody of itself now, you know, like um, the whole thing. I mean, if you look at it, all three John Wick movies have taken place over like three days, you know, like one leads just right into the next one. And yes. the plot, I don't know, just like it doesn't really hold together and make sense as a story anymore. And now it's just like a vehicle for awesome action scenes, which I like, but the first one also held together as a story, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the first Purge, like not, not the first Purge, but the, the initial, initial Purge, Purge film. Yeah. Um, which is what they called first Purge in England. <laughs> yeah. It was actually called Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And then, uh, no. Uh, Purge, the original Purge film. The original Purge film with Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey. Mm-hmm. Head, Headley? Headey? I have no idea. Cersei Lannister is in the freaking first Purge movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's just a home invasion movie. Right. Um, with a really cool twist and a really cool premise, but essentially it's just a home invasion film. Um, and I think that like in the same way that John Wick kind of exploded to this like, weird, you know, it just quadrupled down on its universe or coiniverse. Uh, you know, I, having seen all the Purge films now, I haven't seen the show yet, but like, 
they just keep expanding. I kind of like that. I like world building and stuff like that. You know me and the board games and stuff like that. It's true. I also wait. What about board? You just like the world building and board I like games. world building and yeah, board games. you like the yeah. lore. I guess I do like it, but I don't know. The John Wick movies just seem like like the ending of this one. Like I a little bit th- is, and I don't even want to get into spoilers of it because like I don't really need to. It's just like. It's just like it felt random, you know. Like the the endings just it's just like this. I don't. The know new one's the crazy. The new is. one is weird. There's there's yeah. The new one's. I'm surprised. I but I'm surprised my guess is so low because I'm defending it so hard. Like your guess sounds spot on. It's like it's not negative, but it's in the 70s. But, Mine is low, and I'm I love all of them. Let me be clear. If Keanu Reeves makes a John Wick four, five, and six, I will go see all of them. I would have to see three bad John Wick movies before I stop seeing them. You know? <laughs> That's like, the official... Like, I'm... Uh, <laughs> like, this is, like, me sort of nitpicking and wishing for it to be better, right, but, right. like, I love John Wick movies. I'm like, I'll completely go see all of them. <laughs> three is a really honest answer, I feel Yeah, like. it's like, if I saw two bad John Wick movies, I, I, what's I'd, a, I'd still what's a, go see the next what, one. What's a truly bad John Wick movie look like, though? I can't even, like, fathom it i don't know i wonder <laughs> it's interesting i bet they regret i mean the title john wick is not terrific and i bet they kind of regret it because it really centers keanu reeves and now like i don't even know what they're going to call like the tv show which presumably doesn't have john wick in it you know oh right because the coiniverse if you guys are listening coiniverse just take it. i'd be <laughs> yeah, flattered the usa whoever's making this show all right the next movie on our list is one i suspect neither of us saw but this is a fun one to guess about that we also guess guys when we were guessing we guessed simultaneously but you know we have we share similar instincts so if some of these guests are closest are close this was a dog's journey we yeah like this is not yeah we didn't coordinate these are honest guesses yeah not I made, like knowing the other person's 65 guess. for dog's journey and agree that oh that sounds good we both independently came to the conclusion that a dog's journey would get a 65 percent on rotten tomatoes we were both high it got a 49%. Isn't it? It's funny to like hate a nice movie about dogs. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I, did you see the, the first <laughs> no. one? A Dog's Purpose, I believe. A Dog's. Is it worth reading these critics' consensus? Um, yeah, the first one's A Dog's Journey. Uh, I didn't see that one either, but it's just like I imagine they're nice movies about dogs. It's hard to imagine it's like really bad, but boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, look at this dog. Fuck this movie. <laughs> so, you little dog. Uh, the next one is one of the ones on the list I do not know if you've seen. It could have gone either way. Uh, it is Aladdin. Disney's Aladdin. I do not see Aladdin, I must so admit. It so crazy a year ago when we were like, are Aladdin and The Lion King coming out within two months of each other? That like seemed wrong. And even now that it happened, it still seems like that's not correct. Like yeah. that couldn't be right. And yet it happened. We're going to yeah. discuss both of them today. They did really you see either don't... of them? No, I did not. I, I was I wanted to see The Lion King. I was really, but I just did not. That was a, just like, I, I straight up just, I don't know. I just didn't see it. Again, Aladdin. I guessed 90. You guessed 81. Actual answer, 57. So you take the Aladdin round. I think this one definitely we did before the trailer came out because the tr- once the trailer came out, it was clear Aladdin was not going to be exactly took, a Yeah, bomb. that whole thing seemed to take on a life of its own. The response to the trailer and the way they... Ju- it was really a journey because I remember the first trailer was like, oh, the genie looks weird. And the second trailer, like, oh, he actually looks cool. I don't, I don't really remember. Maybe, I can't keep up. Yeah. Uh, maybe an interesting little sub game we can play here, just a side bet, is do you think Lion King above, now that both have come out, and we haven't seen either, but we've heard sort of the cultural reception, do you think Lion King got above or below 57 on Rotten Tomatoes? Which do you think was better received on Rotten Tomatoes? Aladdin I would say Lion The Lion King because um, John Favreau directed it, right? Yes. And he's a good director. The cast is really strong of that movie. It's uh, a kind of a different... All right, well, well, it's Lion a very different animal. That's not a pun. We're going we're gonna to come back to The Lion King. Maybe we can talk more about Aladdin then too. 
Um, the next one is one I know you saw and I did not. It is Godzilla King of the Monsters. I did see that. Do you want to talk a little bit about it while I pull up the Rotten Tomato score? Uh, yeah. The yeah, it was epic. Kyle Chandler was in it. A lot. It was a freaking stacked cast. I'm, I'm. I sound like like I sound like Peter Travers. Like amazing cast. Uh, Eleven uh, from Stranger Things. No, it was. Uh, what is this? Like the third American Godzilla film? Well, no, fourth because Skull Island. Yes, that's so Kong. I guess if we're counting Godzilla 1998, the Matthew Broderick one, then the. 2015 or whatever Godzilla one with Brian Cranston then Kong Skull Island which is in the monster universe and now this new one Godzilla Destroy the Monster so by that count it's the fourth movie it does end with a strong like in the closing credits it's all these newspaper clippings of like Godzilla like protecting the world because he's kind of the hero of this movie yeah Um, because he defends the world from the other the other titans I think like you know like I can't remember who the the big bad is but it's like uh, Ghidorah King Ghidorah? Ghidorah, Rodan, or something like that. and But they it basically ends with a teaser for King Kong versus Godzilla. Well, that movie, uh, I guess 70, you guess 50. Actual score, 41. Another victory for Pat. Wow. Uh, I'm, I don't like the fact that I'm triumphing from the... Um, Low reviews of movies that I was excited about. I'm surprised I guess so high on this one because I didn't like the Godzilla with Brian Cranston, but maybe I thought it sounded cool to watch all the monsters fight. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. I feel like when you're doing colossal scale special effects, it's challenging now. I just think audiences are getting. I don't like it, but audiences are getting so kind of like numb. Mm-hmm. To even the most spectacular, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spe- I think Adam Conover had a, and this is a, a really funny tweet uh, that was like, and this is about a movie that was actually truly was amazing, but it was like his tweet after the Avengers came out, the the last one, Endgame, was like my review was like my review of uh, the Avengers, like I just spent two and a half hours watching like eleven brilliant actors and. You know, hundreds of million dollars and and groundbreaking technology create something that my like great grandfather would have lost would have thought God existed if he watched <laughs> C plus <laughs> or something like that. Like it was just like even like, or even like a B plus. Like it was just like the fact that the fact that a movie like Godzilla isn't just like oh my God, what am I? Because the special effects are absolutely incredible. In this right, movie. right, right. And you're seeing something so. But it's funny that I think audiences are kind of swinging less toward large-scale Godzilla things and more like more towards Fast and the Furious. It's funny which is that like equally implausible, but like it's a little more, you know, it's we'd rather see a car jump between two buildings than a lizard nuke a city. It's funny that uh like a compared to Avengers Infinity War, Godzilla King of the Monsters is a small movie. You know, like it's uh Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the Avengers was the king of the monsters this it, summer. It's a relatively like medium-sized movie, which is funny because it's literally Godzilla, you know, and like other monsters. It's like as big as yeah. you can get, but like the word god is in his it's name. It's just uh, yeah, Avengers is really playing on a different level and it's like it's hard to even compare it to other movies because like they're just playing a totally different game. Like is Avengers Endgame a good movie in the same way that like I don't know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might be a good movie? It's like there's just like it's completely different. It's like uh, It's almost like the first time uh It's a- like compare yeah, what were you saying? Sorry. It's almost like the first time a 
Normally, I think when a big summer movie is like a huge blockbuster early in the summer, it's good because it's like, oh, the summer started. People are going to the theater. They're excited. It kind of sets. It's like it's like a great lead in, so to speak, for the rest of the summer. This is almost. It was almost like too good. Yeah. For the rest of the summer, it's like remember like remember when Breaking Bad in the last two or three seasons, every show that followed Breaking Bad, they they tried to launch. It was almost like became. No matter how good the show was or was not, it was always kind of a punchline. Yeah, like Low Winter Sun or whatever. Low Winter Sun is, I mean, I think that's the obvious one. I think there was other one. Like, uh, the other one is um, Rubicon. Wasn't there a Western, like, Hell on Wheels? Was that Hell on Wheels. Yeah, anyway, I don't really know. Yeah, the point is, like, everything I, in the orbit of Breaking Bad kind of kind of got sucked into it. Let me try this. Like, comparing, Godzilla's not the best one on this list, but comparing Avengers Infinity Game to something like, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is like, a, I'm picking because it's like, kind of the I will get to it I didn't even like it that much but it's like kind of the quote unquote best movie on this list it's got like the least number of monsters or aliens or whatever you know yeah it's the most traditional best is in like prestige wise right the most prestigious the most glamorous um, even though it's like also got action or whatever um, but comparing Avengers Infinity War to something like even as traditional as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like comparing like a football game to HBO's Succession. It's like they're both on TV and like they're both yeah. ways you can spend your <laughs> right. time watching TV. But like which premieres to, tonight as we record this but, but for the say, record. But to say like one is better than the other is very difficult to me. You know, like they're very difficult to compare. Yes. OK, so that gets us to what I believe is about the halfway point. Uh, Pat, absolutely killing me. I have been correct about three movies. Pat has been correct about five um, on average, Pat's guesses have been 25 points off. Mine have been 33 points off. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the hunt here. I, as I'm happy to be winning and beating you at something, especially a game for the first time in my life. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think I've never, I've literally never beaten you in a board game in my entire life. So this is kind of like, this spreadsheet is so fun for you. You're I'm also gonna- killing it. On, like, you guys can't see this. Jeff is killing it on the spreadsheet. He's like, he's like crunching numbers as we, as I, we, uh, I'm, I'm just seeing Jeff's like, Secret life as an actuarial. I can't whatever. wait to turn around this laptop when I'm done, and you can see all the colors on this thing. Um, so you should share this with the. Oh yeah, listeners. that's a great idea. We'll yeah. post it on the social meds. So um, I actually have some business for the intermission here too. I want to mention that there are two movies that we made guesses about that actually were unscheduled out of the summer. Um, one is Ad Astra, that sci-fi movie that's coming out. Did okay. You see- there, I saw the trailer, yeah. Yeah, the trailer just great. came out. It's coming out. Yeah, I wish it was coming out because I guessed it was going to be good, and you guessed medium, and it looks really good. So that's, that's I'm, fair. I, I'm sorry we missed that one. And the other one is one I would have won on too, which is The New Mutants was supposed to come out this summer, but is no longer coming out. This is one where, like, report the release date of this one has been pushed back many times. Reportedly, it's uh, not super good. Okay. So, and this is another one where I guessed it was going to be bad. Sort of, I kind of got the, knew that a little bit from insider knowledge. So, I'm sad both those got uh, kicked off the list. So, it's kind of like you are, like, not to, to, somehow, to somehow find a sports metaphor in this episode. Yeah. Like, oh, I already we're, on, we're on a fantasy game. team, and all your best players got, like, injured or bit, something like bit. that. Uh, there was some sense that New Mutants was not coming together well, and I used that when we made our guesses. Uh, and then the other thing I thought we could do in the intermission is maybe mention any films we saw that um, aren't on this list. And I have one I, we both saw, and then another one I don't think you did. Um, I'll mention the one you didn't see first. Crawl? Did you see Crawl with the alligator? No, but you specifically, you, we tried. We yeah. tried. You, to, you I, I, Jeff, I told crawl. me it was good. I did see Crawl. And you saw it? I saw Crawl. It's pretty good. Crawl's a cool little movie about uh, an alligator, and it's it's um, kind of my favorite type of thing, which is just like people trapped in a situation. How are they gonna get out? I actually went into this movie thinking it was like 
mutant alligators or like super intelligent alien alligators that came from the lab. They're just regular alligators. It's just like people in Florida during a hurricane trapped in the basement with alligators. And most of the movies just like, how are they going to get out? And also the dad. That's so much more terrifying. Yeah. And the dad, it's pretty good. Um, and the dad is played by Barry Pepper, who I haven't seen in a movie in about 15 oh, years. Yeah. And like, it's a, it's a real Barry Pepper. It's like a very, um, he, I, like he's like, deserves like a Goggin, Walton Goggins. Yeah. Friend of the pod. That's a horrible way to phrase <laughs> it, but you know what I mean? We talked about him once. We did a whole. You did, did a whole, whole episode. Uh, yeah, um, but Barry Pepper in like the 90s. he needs a Tarant. I think he deserves a Tarantino role. This is a good Barry Pepper role. I can't remember the name of the main actress. She's very good. I mean, the two of them are basically like ninety percent of the lines in the movie, and um, it's a pretty good Barry. He's like they're in a, he's they're, he's they've had troubles. Like they're, it's a great. It's a good. It's not an incredible movie, but it's like a good little thriller movie. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention is Midsommar, which I think was not on our radar at all. Like, I think a, a little that bit. That was not even on the list? Yeah, I think right. no one knew it was coming out until the trailer came out. Like, yeah, he, Ari Oster is not, like, who's directed it. He's not, Apparently like. Apparently, he was working on that, like, around the same time he was working on Hereditary. Like, he was doing basically two movies at once. Right. He's not like uh, Tarantino, though, where they, like, put his movies on the calendar a year no. in advance. Yeah. Like, it just, like, sort of came up. That was great. So, we saw Midsommar. We both liked it. I, I loved it. I wanted to say the thing I said to you when we discussed it earlier, which is that hereditary when i was watching it i thought was kind of boring and i was like i don't know if i like this that much but then when i was done watching it as you may recall we discussed it last year it really stuck with me i actually had like a scary dream about it the night i watched it and i woke up and i was like all right you know what that's a pretty good horror movie <laughs> uh whereas midsomar when i was watching it i was much more engaged i was like kind of white knuckle and it was very exciting and it's a, even though it's a long movie and i was worried it was going to be boring i'm always worried if movies are is this movie going to be boring and that's not like the movie's fault i'm just like dumb because you guys are hearing all the movies i watch and Midsommar was not boring, but then it didn't stick with me as much after I left. Um, the way Hereditary, it didn't like haunt me in the way. Well, Hereditary it's not did. boring. I, I I love her, I love Midsommar, and I I would never call it boring. But the no, pacing, no, it's not boring. I'm saying the it's not pacing, boring. Hereditary was a little oh, boring. Yeah, well, the, that's my that's really, my case here. Well, I feel like I mean, it's funny you say that because I feel like the like the pacing of Hereditary, in my opinion, I'm sorry, the pace the, the pacing, pacing of Midsommar, Midsommar in yeah. my opinion. Is slower than the pacing of of, of maybe Midsummer is just like kind of ratcheting up the tension the entire time. It's kind of funny because definitely it, yeah. there's really nothing. I mean, other there's a you know other than I don't, there, other than one scene early on, there's really not that much violence in the film. It's kind of similar in a in a way to um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. It's right. a lot of build up, a lot of like atmosphere, and in a really good, effective way, and beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And that kind of crescendos in a sort of bombastic scene without so, giving too much away. There's another one I want to talk about, like John Wick, where like even though I'm like talking about it, I'm, I'm sort of criticizing it. It's in the dream of making it better. Because I remember saying to you, Ari Aster directed Hereditary in this. He makes a movie every summer. I'll go see an Ari Aster movie every fucking summer for the sure. rest of my life. Like this is an interesting dude making cool movies. And even though like um, they're both a little off or whatever, uh, or neither was like my favorite horror movie. They're not exactly for me. Like these are really cool, interesting movies. And also a good, like, I don't think, I don't think of summer as the hard time of right. year. So a good, like one good horror movie per summer would be really fun. I got one more movie I want to mention. It actually came out this weekend. I had no idea this was happening and I just loved it because it felt like a real nineties throwback to me. Did you see the trailer? This is out now. Angel has fallen. The third in the Has Fallen trilogy, which is my yeah. favorite like title for a franchise, like Has, has Fallen. fallen. Yeah. It's, it's like a real, 
because now everything's so planned ahead. Like this here's is, one where this they did is, not these are the plan movies ahead. where the first the first one was uh, Gerard Butler plays a Secret Service agent who has to protect the president Morgan Freeman. Yeah, when like I think someone DC is in, what's the first one? It's New- Olympus. It's called oh. Olympus has fallen, but it's about the, DC being like invaded right. by I don't I, I don't bad guys. Um, and then the second one is London has fallen. Right. This Never one, saw it. This one is Angel has fallen. And it's like a little bit like, I just watched the trailer just now right before you got here. Gerard Butler has been framed. I don't know anything about this movie. I really have nothing to say. I was just like marveling at its existence as like <laughs> sort of like an under the radar action movie. Like well, you've always, you can see, yeah. how, you, sorry, I keep hitting this thing. You can see like how plugged into this shit I am. And I had no fucking idea this movie existed. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. Just well, like, I, I was just surprised. I, yeah. I mean, we can get into this when we talk about Hobbs and Shaw, but you are a big fan of the late summer kind of like August action movies August sure. action movies that's when they kind of it's not always the biggest ones although you could argue Hobbs and Shaw is one of the biggest ones for sure mm-hmm. but like often that's when they kind of tuck away some of the ones they think are maybe gonna not be as prestigious but that's when you find these gems like Crawl Pat do you have any movies that are not on this list and you don't even know what's on the list but you you might recall you have you have some sense are there any like off the beaten path movies you saw uh, I mean everything I, I did not prepare like I prepared for this I did not tell you this was coming oh, so anything I answer, anything I say is going to be annoying and like 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 in, and like arty and stuff like that like the farewell was very good which mm-hmm. is this movie with Aquafina and um it's about her going home to like see her grandmother is it and, boring like, <laughs> extremely no it's not at all actually it's actually very funny and like I mean I went in expecting like a dramatic kind of like yeah. a very good but quiet dramatic movie in contrast it is very in contrast to normal summer films but that's right. why it was so cool yeah. and it's kind of like become people like it's the kind of movie like you would first of all it's, it's very good like for by any standard but it's the kind of movie like like I told my parents to go see right like which I think is There's a really like one, good quality for a movie to have you get one of them per summer I think like one of those like indie breakout movies it's um, very funny too the, that's the big important sick did that a few years ago and like Little Miss Sunshine's sort of a classic it's kind of like example. a big has a big sick vibe like one it's of very those dark. movies that like sort of is not on our list a year ahead of time is not like a two hundred million dollar Disney thing. That somehow manages to catch through and like actually get attention. Yeah. people start seeing, it. and it does seem like it's the farewell this summer. I think, and then uh, just in the in the interest of giving some kind of meaningful response, um, this movie has not come out yet. So it's but it's coming out soon. I just saw the trailer for it. It's called um, Ready or Not, and I'm really excited about What's it. That? I have no idea what it's about. I mean, I know. I'm sorry. I have no. I have no idea who's direct who directed it. Uh, it's this. It's about like a. A family. This woman gets married to this eccentric family who has a mansion and their fortune. They're a, that does they, look good. They're a game designing dynasty. Yeah, I'm in this, live in this mansion, me. and they it's it, it kind of becomes a most dangerous game situation yeah. where they're hunting her, the, this new bride through the night to like initiate her. If she lives, she gets to marry into the dynasty. If she dies, she dies. Um, it looks and like that movie. It just looks like kind of ironic and dark and weird also the cast is really strong especially like um what really excited me is that the mom who's kind of this, seems to be in on the hunting game so is ostensibly evil i think having just seen the trailer is played i believe by andy mcdowell oh, and nice. i was so cool to see her as like a at least a somewhat villainous role and I'm real. I, I've. I'm gonna go on the record. I'm an Annie McDowell fan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just feel like she's due for some kind of like 
really juicy, meaty role, whether it's a villain or not. So I kind of those are kind of weird answers to that question. There's no like trend, I, but you know, those All are right. two movies, two quasi summer films. I, I I like a lot. Let's get back to the game. What we've done so far is actually just May. We are now going to go through June, July, and just a little bit of August. Starting off, this is one of my primary opportunities to catch up to Pat. X Men Dark Phoenix. Did you see Ooh, this? No. I didn't see it either. I guessed 60, you guessed 71. This is apparently, I didn't see this. You can it's apparently quite bad. Uh, so I went higher. You went higher. I think I'm going to come out ahead on this one. On Rotten Tomatoes, Dark Phoenix, 23%. So you win by what, like 11, 12? Yeah, let me see. I won by 11 on that one. Just to flip over to the average, my I'm at... 30, my average miss so far, 33. Yours, 27. So your average is still five points lower than mine. That's the gap I'm trying to close. Right. Uh, so, Dark Phoenix. Uh, I actually really don't have much to say about it because I didn't see it. It's apparently a bad X-Men movie. The last X-Men movie was bad, so it's not a total surprise. Um, I think I remember being skeptical about this one because Dark Phoenix um, is sort of one of the most famous uh, X-Men sagas. Um, but it's also like super complicated and it didn't seem super friendly to being adapted. Um, just one, if you've read the comic, and but then also if you saw the last time they tried to adapt it uh, in X-Men The Last Stand. So I was a little pessimistic and it turns out that was right. I should have been more pessimistic. Um, and that's re- I, I really don't know much. I like um, Michael, Michael Fassbender, Fassbender, Fassbender so much as Magneto that right. I will probably see this movie one day. Like I, I can't, yeah, the acting caliber. I mean, as it's funny because, like, yeah, the acting caliber originally was McKellen and Stewart as yeah. Magneto, and and they and now it's like all, two other amazing, like much yeah, younger, James but two McAvoy, other amazing. The relationship between those two has really been the best part by far of these uh, this sort of series of X Men movies. Yeah. What a bizarre franchise the X Men series is! Like, they had a continuity from uh, the very first X Men, like the very first superhero movie of the modern era essentially yep. in 2001 yeah. um all the way to this one with like three wolverine spinoffs which went from shitty to decent to in the best thing in the franchise by far um, logan yeah logan um but and then there was wolverine's origin which is terrible anyway and then like um the original trilogy has its own arc of quality yeah the new ones have their own arc of quality they meet in a very convoluted way and- i don't th- i mean i i think some of that was due to like I don't think that was like a, a, a an intricate plan they had, right? Though, right? I think a lot of it was like, okay, well, let's Wolverine's popular. Let's make more Wolverine movies. Yeah, and yeah. That kind of inter gets in the. I don't know. I I do I do. Um, I'm curious how, uh, like, what th- they have on the docket for the X Men franchise. I like, mean, they're they're gonna do it in the main Marvel universe for sure. Do they have that now? They do. This and is illegal. This is this is like kind of every time on your podcast, I yeah. feel like I'm like, what's the deal? Who so owns Marvel? Marvel like announced dates for whatever we talked about before, but they also mentioned that they're wor- working on Fantastic Four and that they're working on quote unquote mutants, which is you know something X related. Um, I'm actually almost more excited for Fantastic Four because there's never been a good Fantastic Four movie, and that seems like lower hanging fruit. And yeah. Fantastic Four are cool. Um, there's probably a good way to update them. Fantastic Four usually, I mean, we'll see what they do, but like often have like off the wall gadgets and like crazy sci-fi. Like we, they just go on like wacky adventures, which I love. And like, I'd love to see a little bit of that. So Fox is no longer going to do X-Men films. No, I mean one, this one is apparently bad, did really bad. Like if you make an X-Men movie that does badly at the box office, like you should not be making X-Men movies. Like that is kind of the end of of an era though. Because as you said, this was like, I mean, even before Spider-Man, this was like, this is the real, like Spider-Man maybe was the one that was like, 
for some reason, I think people cite Spider Man as like the beginning of the superhero thing. I think X Men's first though, right? Uh, no, it's a hundred percent first. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I think X Men, and I don't even like comic books. X Men one, the one from back in the day with Hugh Jackman from two thousand or whatever. Uh, it's a little different from Spider Man because it doesn't have the costumes. That was like a big line, you know. Like in yeah. that movie, they're like, "What do you want me to wear? Spandex or something?" Like the yeah. way, like that was sort of the way the X Men interpreted. Spider Man was like, "No, I wear the red and goofy costume, and there's a goblin guy running around and all that good stuff." Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a big difference. Yeah. Next movie on our list, Son of Shaft. This one kind of came and went. I didn't hear anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, no, that one. I'm surprised we even like included that one just because I, I don't remember it. it coming out son of shaft uh i is it a sequel to the shaft remake because yes, it, Sh- it, jackson is in it right that's correct yeah. it has richard roundtree the original shaft from the 70s uh samuel L. jackson the shaft from the late 90s early 2000s shaft and then uh oh i forget who played the new shaft let me say it's right here usher no it's not usher 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 it's like james usher or something uh anyway it so yeah all three of the shafts are in it kind of a fun slash you know aren't we old thing to think about is there's more there is less time between richard roundtree shaft and samuel l jackson shaft than there is between samuel l jackson shaft and this new shaft right there was less of a gap between them it's funny because like at first i'm like of course there is but then i'm like i don't know that like it's i keep forgetting how many years it's been since the year 2000 when i think that last shaft came out um, so anyway, 13%, Jesse Usher is the new Shaft. I really didn't hear much about it. Apparently, it's not super good. 30%. So, uh, I guess 60, Pat guess 76, actual answer 30. So, uh, that's a, that's a, let's see, that's a 16-point difference. That might put me back. Oh, I've, now my misses have averaged by 33, Pat's misses have averaged by 29. I'm closing the gap. Wow, I really thought you were never going to come back from that Avengers one. Ooh, this is June's good for me because now the Men in Black spinoff, which I guess at the time didn't have a title. I did see this. I, I saw this oh, movie. Oh, I know you saw it. And now yeah. it came out. It was called Men in Black International, I mm-hmm. believe. Men in Black International. Uh, I guess seventy-five. Pat guessed ninety. Actual score twenty-two. This is another one where we. Uh, I guess ninety. You guessed ninety. Wow. Uh, so this is another one. Uh, where we both guessed high, we were both a little optimistic. Seems like it didn't land. I still kind of want to see this movie one day, to be honest. Um, here, I hear. I bet I guessed ninety because I was having not seen it. I don't think I we was, knew anything about it other than that there's a Men in Black movie right. and maybe the cast. I was confident that the chemistry between Chris Hemsworth uh, and Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson was going to be good, as it was in their Thor. multiple Thor, th- their yeah Thor, and then of course Avengers, right? Uh, Endgame. Uh, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen yet, but I still knew. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Um, but I was like, and that that part is good. They do have great chemistry. I also, I mean, I have, I'm sure, I bet like, I'm sure that they made them, pairing them together was purely like a business decision, but it still feels so fun to see like Valkyrie and Thor like on another event. It just felt like it was just cool to see them those two actors, like, in a different franchise. I just, I just like to imagine the two of them are just, like, really good friends, which they probably are, actually, but... Was the movie good? The movie was okay. Um, I get the sense that it goes John Wick 3, and it goes a little deep in the lore of Men in Black, based on the trailers. Like, there, there was, it seemed like there was a lot of that. Uh, not as deep as you think. There's, like, some depth of... Th- I think there's some kind of thing of, like, before, like... Zed died. He left this thing. Zed there, was ripped torn. 
I think so. But he wasn't dead yet. Or was he? I don't know. A little bit. There's like a scene where like uh, Emma Thompson, who's like the head of and M- she's in MIB. Men in Black Three, I believe, with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, is so she? she sort right, of bridges, there's a three. She bridges the gap. There's like they're going. There's one scene where they're going through a hallway, or they're in like the main Men in Black office, and there's all these oil paintings of great moments in MIB history, and one of them is um, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones sh- in the first movie shooting down the spaceship in Queens. So they. This is not a reboot. It's a. It's in the universe. It's totally a sequel. Yeah. It's. It, anything else to say about it? I don't know what else to say about. it. I haven't seen it. No, no, no. I'm. I'm just bummed that I lost. All right. Next one on the list is the Child's Play reboot. I guessed forty. You guessed eighty-five. We saw and the movie together. I love this movie. So I even if I lose, I don't care. I, I didn't like this movie that much. It was okay. Um, so again, I guess 40, you guessed 85. It's actually right in the middle. Actual answer 64. Um, so you were three points closer on that one. Yes. And, I deserve it. Cause that movie's good. So yeah, I thought it was okay. But like the sort of way they update it is that Chucky is like internet connected toy now. So yeah. you can like interface with other electronic objects, which, um, you know, though that's sort of an interesting place for a, like, those are inherently, I, and I have one, uh, the, like a voice-activated device, but they're creepy, right? Like, right. Um, Us used that earlier this year to for like a creepy scene too, right? Uh, or oh, it's yeah. actually comedy. Sure, 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 comedy yeah. In the middle of the horror of us. But, um, so that's like a thing in the movie, but like it doesn't really like have anything to like say about that. It's just like, wouldn't it be creepy if Chucky could like, you know, right. control all these devices? I'm, yeah, I mean, it has as much to say about that as like the original Chucky ha- Child's Play had to say about witchcraft well is is the original does i don't he uses he uses some kind of witchcraft yeah it's voodoo i believe it's specifically voodoo to to implant his soul into the into the into the body of the of the of the doll i thought it was okay like you genuinely feel some pathos for chucky which is interesting like you feel bad for him and that's cool when like a movie can make a horror movie can make you feel bad for the monster that's 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 like a cool trick to pull off um he just like kind of goes a little psycho at the end but um, you, I was with him most of the way, um, so it's not bad. I just like I was not super enthusiastic. Yeah, um, I remember being kind of very funny and just kind of like I don't know, like it was um, the drone attack. Drones is like in the in the mall when there's all these. Right. Yeah, that was a little lame. Weird. Drones, like yeah, Chucky controls drones now. Just drones are like kind of done in movies. There's a drone um, attack in the trailer for Angel Has Fallen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry it doesn't live up to your favorite film franchise of all time, Jeff. So, uh, okay. Next, do you have anything else to say about Child's Play? No. I got a lot to say about the next one, which is the thematically related Toy Story 4. Um, Came out the same day. Yeah. And there was a lot of... There was a lot of um, as ads. Child's Play 4, or Child's Play... Yeah, there were a lot of ads of like the Child's Play, like Chucky's hand like with like a toy cowboy. Yeah, hand, dude. Like, Woody, yeah. Sorry, Woody. Sorry, Slink. So uh, I guessed 91, you guessed 88. We both had some faith in Pixar, and it was rewarded. The movie actually got a 97% on Rotten Ooh, Tomatoes. Oh, did you just cut in the lead? Uh, let me see. I am... No, my average miss by is 32. Your average miss by is 30. So I'm still two points behind you. I have a lot to say about Toy Story 4, people. I've prepared for this moment, um, which I like. <laughs> I like Toy Story 4 pretty good. And I was like, I was telling people that I was, it's about in the middle for Pixar, which is pretty solid because most Pixar movies are excellent. So to be in the middle is like um, a pretty good place to be. 
And then I thought, well, you know what? Let me go ahead and rank them. Let me just go ahead and put together the tiered list of Pixar movies and where I think they all fall. So I I wanted to talk about a GoFundMe for a disease I have. And you said, quote, there was no time, Pat. And now you're about to spend 11 minutes no. talking, ranking every Pixar I'm movie. I'm not going to rank them 1 through like 10. Like you're a living vulture list. I'm not going to rank them 1 through 18. They've been divided into tiers. A platinum tier, gold tier, silver tier, bronze, wood, and subwood. So, in the platinum tier of Pixar movies. So, the, 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 these are not no, like one through five. They just yeah. all are, they're all the, kind of they're one. They're all basically perfect movies, yeah. All, the first three Toy Stories, Toy Story 1, one 2, 3. Uh, Finding Nemo, which I watched again this summer. Finding Nemo is so fucking good. It's like exciting. It's yeah. funny. It's like emotional. Like the plot is epic, but like. Are you it's nervous just, that like BuzzFeed's going to be like Jeff Rubin give us like controversial take tomorrow. No, because you I, said find, Finding Nemo's good. I think you. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden being mean to you. I, I just know. watched Finding Nemo again, and I was actually it was even better than I remembered it being. It I was feel so like good. You ranking Pixar films, you're in such a safe space now. That's so funny. I can kind of like make fun of you a little bit. That's fair. I will not be talking about each of these in depth. I did you love these movies so much. Yeah. So we're still in the platinum tier, people. We're taking a bit of a sidetrack here. Uh, that's why we <laughs> look. There's no gongs this year. Platinum tier. Toy Story one through three. Finding Nemo. Wally. Up. Inside Out. All those are basically perfect. Movies. I agree, actually. I'm, as much as I'm teasing you, those all are all great. Now, the gold tier, I got Monsters, Inc., The Incredibles, Ratatouille, and Coco, which I think if you want to just put them up in a platinum, I say go ahead. They're all great. I'd say they're a little worse than the movies I put in platinum, but like I'm really splitting hairs here. Those are like sure. some great movies. Um, it's kind of interesting. The Incredibles, oh, I used to say was my favorite Pixar movie, and I actually realized in this exercise that it's not anymore. And I think maybe it's because at the time The Incredibles came out, there was so little superhero stuff, and it was so exciting to have, like, a cool, good superhero movie. Oh, and, right. And, like, you're so spoiled for choice Even, now. like, even postmodern meta superhero totally, stuff, which yeah. The Incredibles thrives in, I, I think it's, has it's become dropped some, a little yeah. for me because of that, because it's not as But also, as just got, it seems to just got pushed out purely by the, the sheer quantity of good movies. Now, here's the silver tier pad. Just two movies. It sounds like you're trying to sell me a, <laughs> a timeshare in Florida right now. Finding Dory... Toy Story 4. Those are the only two movies I put in the silver tier. So here they are. Here's Toy Story 4 <laughs> right in the middle. And I would and here's why I'm go I'm taking the time to walk you through this is because Toy Story 4 is basically the line for Pixar. It's like if you're above Toy Story, if you're Toy Story 4 above, that's very good. And if you're below, it's like just okay. Like I'd say it's like So this is like I think you, um to draw another bizarre. This is the third like weird Jeff Rubinism. The time cop thing. Yeah, better or worse than time. Like yeah. this is that, I, but that the difference is. Uh, so Jeff has a thing better or worse than time cop, which is what you're doing now yeah. for these Pixar films. So wait, wait but the wait. difference is instead of it being better or worse than Toy Story four, is you're saying that differentiates all the Pixar yeah. movies. Better or worse than Time Cop differentiates every movie ever made in the history of movies. Yeah, to me, Time Cop is like an above average movie. It's like pretty good. So if you're it's like when someone's like, this movie's good. I'm like, well, is it better than Time Cop? Because Time Cop's a pretty good movie. So if it's better or worse than Time Cop, I think is a clarifying question. And in the same way, I think it's better or worse than Toy Story 4 is a clarifying question for Pixar. Let me just quickly finish up here on the bronze here. We got Bugs Life, Cars, Mo- Cars 1, Monster U, Incredibles U, Incredibles 2. What tier is this? Bronze. These are like decent movies. They're not bad. Um, they're okay. Even maybe pretty good, but they're um, not special. Uh Monsters U, Dan Gerwich recently told me he watched and was mad because I said I liked it and he didn't like it. And I want to stick up for Monsters U because I love the end of Monsters U because they don't graduate college. Like, but it's they, pretty low in this ranking system. I though. know, but it's 
Uh, it's above wood. In your ranking list. Yeah. yeah. I just like at the end of Monsters U, they don't graduate college. That, to me, is like a truly surprising twist at the end of Monsters U, is that they get kicked out of college and don't get back in. They oh, just yeah. get kicked out of college. I think that's kind of fun. Um, so, wood tier. These are bad, bad movies. Good Dinosaur, Cars 3, and Brave. Those are not good. I would not watch those. And then in the subwood tier, in its own special class, is Cars 2, which is truly the... It's, it's You've in, always had... Yeah. Where's Cars 3? Cars 3 is in wood. So here's okay. the other interesting thing about Toy Story 4, is if you look at that line, all the movies above Toy Story 4, I basically choked up at or cried at. I'm talking, again, Toy Story 1 through 3, Finding Nemo, Wally, Up, Inside Out, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Ratatouille, Coco, Find, and even Finding Dory and Toy Story 4. All those movies were emotionally affecting enough, including Toy Story 4, that I got choked up to some degree. So that's the line. That's is the it line. fair to say you think Cars 3, Cars 2, I'm sorry, Cars yeah. 2, is the only one that is straight up bad? No, Good Dinosaur is bad, and Cars 3 is bad. And So I, the, wood, the, wood, the wood category, in your bad. opinion. Yeah, are, they're bad. Um, but Cars 2 is like not even... I like, like this. Like, but, Brave, I can respect, because like... I, I can imagine someone liking Brave, even though I never liked it that much. You know but how like, like Cars Two like is really just for babies. You know how the, what, just hearing you describe it as like platinum and gold and stuff and like these tears, I love. I, I, it makes me think of those like commercials or those trailers where it's like Disney's Vault, Gold Vault Collection or whatever. Totally, I would love for them to do that where it's like, you know, they'll be like. New release from Disney's Platinum Collection is, you know, Toy Story 3. But then it's like, and from our, you know, wood collection. It's, it's, they're not great, but, you know, maybe buy them. We don't know. You might like it after all. So the only other thing I thought I mean, it's Pixar. It's probably better than most everything DreamWorks does. Here's the other interesting thing I think about Toy Story 4 is someone I spoke to with a child told me that they saw it with their child and the child thought the ending. I, I don't want to spoil it because I think there's probably people who will catch up with this one. Part four? Yeah. But of Toy Story? Yeah, but uh, their child thought the ending was very sad, but that from the adult perspective, they didn't think it was as sad. And I thought that was an... In, um, I, I, I think that was an interesting thing about the movie is that like, um, if you're an adult, I think the lesson that it teaches is something you've thought about a lot, but if you're a kid, it's like really going to blow your mind. And I think that's like a cool place for a Pixar movie to be. I have thoughts about this, but I don't want to express them because I feel like... We don't have time. We got time. There's no gongs, baby. I don't know how much I really like Toy Story oh, 4. Really? Yeah, why not? I mean, part of it is that, th- I mean, this is not an original thought, but 3 truly was such a perfect ending True. in so many ways. And that, you know, I think in this particular case, it's fair to say that doing another one does kind of mess with the whole legacy. Like, the ending mm. kind of feels like it's like death or something like that. It'd be like another, I guess they have done more Lord of the Rings or whatever, but like... I don't know. The ending of Toy Story 3 feels like going off on the boats into like the horizon and just like dying. It's true. It's true. It, Even though they don't actually die. It's not, as as you can tell from my tier rankings, it's not the perfect piece of like, um, sh- it's not the perfect sharp weapon that the first three are, you know? It's like, there's tons of stuff it's I didn't a fu- like. And it's for kids and, I, and the kids in the theater I saw it at were like, these all are all, having- pa- these are, this list of movies I ranked where I've seen each one of them at least twice, they're all kids movies. I'm aware of that. Oh, right. So, yeah, it's true. But like, yeah, but that, I'm just saying, like, more, though, like I'm the, just it, saying that, like, when I criticize, I'm fully aware that, like, these right. are as as much as smart as they are, and as much as adults can enjoy them. I would never like begr- I would never like want to halt Toy Story movies if they're bringing children joy. Right. The key, but this I do one think has I, a little more like yeah. kid, like the Key and Peel characters, who are like the two stuffed animals, who are like tied to each other, are like a little more ex- explicitly. I think there for were too many new think- characters that were underdeveloped, mm. including those two characters. 
I think the Keanu Reeves motorcycle character barely had any time. And even Forky. Oh, yeah, I forgot entirely. Forky, who was so hyped, is kind of like absent from the entire middle act. It's He's true. just like kind of being prisoner of this doll who we never, we check in with a little bit. That movie is fucking crazy. If you step back and like talk about like what happens over the course of Toy Story 3, it is crazy. That's like, my, my favorite part is like it does kind of, it's the first movie to address like the nature of being a toy. Forky the sentience. is so funny and like also deep in this weird way because he's like all about like his mission in life and like he's like it's like so like um right and like existential like and but every time he says trash it's funny like he's such a funny creation i guess the ending did really i you know watching that movie i was like not totally sold on it until the ending so maybe we should talk about the ending and maybe we can just spend maybe we can institute just a little bit of gong here and just spend two minutes so if uh, <laughs> someone really wants to skip through the end skip through us talking about the end I mean you can cut this out also like if it's like if you listen to the if you listen to it again and you're like this is a nightmare oh no all this is staying in okay so uh, but let's talk about the ending for two minutes starting now so fast forward two minutes if you don't want to hear so yeah the end is <laughs> uh, Woody leaves the gang is the end of this movie uh, boy I hope people were quick on that fast forward but Woody leaves the gang and I just thought that was like so interesting like um, and the thing the thing that Fran was explaining was just that, like, if you're an adult, like, you, there's this idea that, like, you have to move on sometimes, you know? And, like, just life, things in life come up. Like, you, he meets a woman. He falls in love and, like, essentially just a, <laughs> kind of oversimplified yeah. or whatever. He's kind he, of like the Andy of the movie. Like, he, like, I'm kind of, I mean, there are elements that, that I like that element But But that for kids, the like, kids don't know that. Like, kids don't totally get that, like, sometimes, you, like, they haven't experienced that yet. Like, that you, like, move, that there's, like, life stages that you, like, move on from different people. So, like, Woody moving on yeah. was, like, a sadder thing to a kid than it was to an adult. And, and thought, it not being like the wrong decision. It's right, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's sad, exactly. But, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly what they said was that to the adult, like it's very clear that like Woody is, like it's a no-brainer, like Woody has to stay with Bo Peep. But to a kid, like, you're like why is Woody leaving Buzz and Mr. Potato Head or whatever? And yeah. like, I don't know, like to me that's like very interesting and something I love about the Pixar movies and this is why this one gets silver is the lessons, <laughs> the lessons they teach are always so like interesting and above the usual kids' fair stuff. Like, Kids' movies are usually, like, friendship is good. Like, the Ugly Dolls movie, without even seeing it, I'm sure is about how being ugly is okay and, like, expressing yourself is good. And that's true, and it is good. But it's, like, all kids' movies are about that. Whereas, like, Inside Out is about, like, sadness plays an important role in the spectrum of emotions, you know? And, like, this movie's about how, like, sometimes you have to leave your friends behind to, like, go find... It's time to leave your friends behind and move on to a new thing. And, um, you know, that's an unusual lesson for a kids' movie. And I thought, even though it's not as good as... It's it's not in my top three favorite Toy Story movies, but um, there was definitely enough to it that I got choked up at the end, and I ranked it silver on my tier list. One of my favorite parts of the Mr. Rogers documentary uh, that came out that was pretty popular. We're coming out of the spoiler zone, but we've changed over to Mr. Rogers. Oh, it's a fast-forwarded two minutes. We're on to the Mr. Rogers documentary. Well, it's related to what you said, though, yeah, actually, yeah, so we're not it. really not out of the spoiler zone oh, exactly. Give us another minute, people. <laughs> um, no, but like it, it's related to what you said. I'm not changing the subject. Um one, it's a great, I, I love the movie, period. Uh, but like, uh, Mr. Rogers Doc. But like, one of my favorite things I learned was how much care, not just Mr. Rogers, but PBS, like PBS and the Children's Workshop and all that stuff, like put into like what they were teaching kids. And it's that same level of thought. Like Mr. Rogers really was like, okay, what am I teaching this kid? And it's not always simple. It's like sometimes someone dies and how do you deal with, if your mom right. dies or something, your parents get divorced and that kind of stuff. Like, And I think what you're saying is that like these Pixar movies are are dealing with like things that are like maybe 
you know, grade grades. They're they're a couple of grades above what like shapes and colors. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry, we're getting kind of serious here but, in, a, in an episode that's meant to be just criticizing movies for the summer. All right, let's move on to Annabelle Goes Home. Our next film is Annabelle Comes... Oh, sorry, Annabelle Comes Home, not Annabelle Goes Home. She comes home. I don't know if it's spookier or something. This was called Untitled Annabelle Film last time we spoke about it. Can you believe there's three fucking Annabelle movies? That's insane. Those movies? I mean, it's this... Yeah. The, um, the people love those movies. I, I loved uh, The Conjuring. and I, I only yeah. recently saw Conjuring 1. I might have said that the last time we recorded. Cause I, They're right pretty recently, good. I mean like six or eight months ago. But I've not yet caught up with all of the Annabelle... The, I mean, I saw her... I bet I guessed one. high because I do like The Conjuring-verse in a general sense. Let me tell you. First of all, I don't even know if this one was received. Most of these I know if they were good or bad. Like, maybe this one's good. Uh, I guessed 80. You guessed 62. Actual answer, 65. Nicely done, Pat. That's going to... Ooh, sorry, Jeff. A little harder for me. Uh, you, Thank you, Annabelle. Your average is still two points below mine, so I still have to close a two-point gap. Um, you have anything else to say about Annabelle? It's kind of... It's the second... Doll movie, third toy movie. Three toy movies in a row. Oh, yeah. That's it. Nothing else to say about it, really. Huh. That's a real, that's a weird trend, yeah. All right, next one is... Um, one. I, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I will say that I'm excited how neck and neck we are. Yeah, this is I close. did not expect this. I really thought one of us were going to, like, just dominate the other. Also, Pat, you've gotten seven movies closer, and I've gotten seven movies closer. So the average is this close, is, and also... And we didn't always guess... We were, like... When we did the initial guesses, we were very much like, oh, we're. Pr- I think I was nervous. Maybe you were too. That, like, because you and I generally like the same movies, I feel yeah, like. Yep. We're like, this is going to be weird. We're just going to like the same ones. It's not going to be that exciting. But we were pretty different in our guesses. And yet now we're neck and neck. This is tense. I hope everyone at home is feeling the heat. I got to say, I think that The Hustle is going to be the lowest rated movie on this list, unless, uh, like,. Hobbs and Shaw did much worse on Rotten Tomatoes than I thought. I think the hustle is going to be the uh, the prize here. That's too, that's too bad. So, Spider-Man Far From Home is the next movie on our list. We guessed pretty close. I guessed 93. You guessed 95. I bet that's pretty close. Nice. This is like, it's so fun with these Marvel movies. I think you got this. I because... There was a Marvel movie out. Since Captain Marvel came out, there has been like one to two Marvel movies in, in theaters at all times. Like, Captain really? Marvel came out and it kind of faded into Avengers and then Avengers came out and it kind of faded into Spider-Man which is still in theaters. Like you've been able to go see a pretty good Marvel movie at any <laughs> time for the past like nine months now. Um, I don't... Honestly, like I love the Marvel movies but when you describe it that way it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> totally. There was a weekend where like it was like a week or two after Avengers and I wanted to go see a movie and the only thing playing anywhere was Avengers. And, it and was then like, he brought it back. Yeah, so it was my... Did you watch the new one? Like what's the new scene? Oh, I didn't see it. No, I only okay. saw it once. I want to see it. I'm excited to watch it's it. It's not like a game-changing scene, right? No, okay. no, no, no. It's just deleted scenes or something. So, Spider-Man Far From Home. Actual Rotten Tomatoes score was... Sorry, I'm a little behind on the keyboard here. 90%. So, uh, I guess 93, you guess 95. So, I was just a little bit closer. This movie's good. I almost don't even know what to say about it. Like, everyone's like, yeah, that's a good Spider-Man movie. Like, it's it seems they, they really... Got this one figured out. I hope Tom Holland makes these movies forever. Um, Zendaya was like a real MVP of this movie. I'm all, I love Zendaya. I'm all in on Zendaya. I think like, I don't know. I saw, I'm such like a mom, like where I'm just like, I saw her and Tom Holland and the actor who plays, I can't remember his name, but the other actor from the movie. Ned. Ned, yeah. yeah. Guy in the chair. And he was like. He needs a name like Zendaya. Like I wouldn't know Zendaya's name if it wasn't Zendaya. Yeah. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? Well, anyway. We're we're probably, if we're saying it wrong, I'm sorry. We're, not 
cool. Yeah. But um, I just, they were all, they all seemed to, and this is so naive and basic, but I'm like, they were all just getting along on like Jimmy Fallon and like joking around with each other. And I'm like, these these pe- these kids are adorable. They all like each other. <laughs> it's true. But like I don't know, I don't know. But I guess the more uh the slightly less um uh naive version of that is that they do have good chemistry in the show, in right. the movie. So, let me I this is a spoilery question for Spider-Man, so maybe maybe I'm going to put go on the clock and I'll give myself a few minutes here. Though I'd say Spider-Man fits the Avengers rules. I, I don't like what's with this gong? Like what's the point of the gong well, if the so, gong is always shifting? The it, gong is supposed to be immutable. It's to give a spoiler timer so if someone wants to forward, fast forward ahead and like Oh, okay. This is not the gong. This is yeah, well I might insert a gong sound later. We'll see what so, happens. But um okay, I, I don't this is a spoiler just, gong. It's like this is a you know, we're saying I just think it. you're slightly diluting you know the term the gong. I, so the this gong. is actually a question about spoilers. I don't think it's that bad a spoiler i don't know just fast forward a few minutes i guess if you, if you don't want to hear it um though i'd say spider-man should have the same rules as avengers anyway um so this question actually is about spoilers uh, and it is a spoilery question someone in my office asked me uh hey uh, like is the new spider-man good and i'm like yeah it's good and then they said who's the villain and i just without thinking about it was like jake gyllenhaal and in the movie that's a little bit of a plot twist. right it's like right. maybe halfway through the movie it's not like an all the way at the end plot twist but um, and I, I actually felt, and I immediately recognized what I'd done, and I just played it cool. I didn't want to draw attention to it, and I felt really bad about it. And I was wondering, is that a spoiler? Because if you had asked me a year ago when we first did this, who plays the villain, I knew that Jake Gyllenhaal was Mysterio, who is like unambiguously one of the you know classic uh, Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah, villains. even like, I knew that. Yeah, I, even I with like a cursory yeah. knowledge of Spider-Man, you would know about. He's in the cartoon, right? Right. He's mm-hmm. like he's one of the big ones who hasn't been in the movies yet. So. Um, it's a little bit of a spoiler because, like, halfway through the movie, I'm like, "Oh, do they, I mean, they're they've right." No, the revelation, spo- the revelation of Jake Gyllenhaal as the yeah. So that's so, my question: Is did I, if someone, should I have said Jake Gyllenhaal when someone asked who the villain was? Probably not. But what should I have said? You know, I think if you say anything, like if you're like, it's complicated. That's almost as bad because, like, if you're watching the movie, like, right, you're right, right. Out. I think the like, I think you did the right thing because if you try, if you did what the movie wanted people to think. He never would have saw the movie because it'd be like, "What's who's the villain?" He'd be like, "Oh, it's this like these charismaticless lava monsters <laughs> right, with right. no dialogue whatsoever." Uh, called the what are they called? The I want to say elementals, but that's Ele- yeah. the other thing. But it's like, yeah, it's like a lava monster who doesn't really have any personality and just kind of like a just sort of general beast. I feel like your friend would have been like, "Well, that sounds boring." Why would I ever see that? And he wouldn't have seen the movies. I think you kind of did the right thing. Well, I asked them after they did see it, and they didn't remember the incident at all. <laughs> so it worked out fine. But that is the story of our lives. Like we're literally, you're literally like saving this story and and broadcasting it like for posterity. And this person was like, no idea. Oh yeah, I don't know. Actually, I saw. The Lion King instead. So they, they didn't seem too upset about it. I just thought it was an interesting level of spoiler that Mysterio is the bad guy in the movie. I, I will say a very interesting update of the character Mysterio, like who in the comics is, uh, I think, traditionally used like practical special effects. Like he worked on movie sets and he used yeah. like, before computer effects were a thing. Like in the 60s and the original uh, Ditko stuff, he would use practical effects, which is like not really going to be going to play. Like it's not really like believable. So updating him with like yeah. drones in VR and the, the drones are actually threatening because the even though it's an illusion, like the things are actually blowing things up was like a pretty smart. Update. I also love how like his like real uniform is not the Mysterio uniform, but it's like 
it's that gray jumpsuit that he needs to use to With, pretend. But still has the classic kind of glass thing it, on yeah, his head. Yeah, it, it suggests it, but it's a gray sort of lycra jumpsuit. It probably thing. is like what, what what Tom Holland is wearing like all the time. Well, that's my point. I think I think I mean it definitely is. I've, if you ever seen like any behind the scenes photos right. of like any of the like any of the characters when they need to do CG stuff, they're wearing these like with, with down the to the little triangles all over yeah, them yeah. and the little can- things pointing at their face. And I, I'm to me, it just was a, such a fun little wink at like what these Marvel movies have been utilizing for the last ten years. I thought that was very fun. The best scene in that movie, uh, that's probably not true. The best scene probably is some of the high school hijinks that the kids get into, but a great scene in that movie is the scene where you do learn that Jake Gyllenhaal is the bad guy and that all of the, um, just like all of that, it, the bureaucracy, like all these like kind of middle managers have like all teamed together and been villains and like you learn like all the little things they did. I really, I really enjoyed that. And then that they brought back uh, people from like obscure corners of the Marvel universe, I thought was really that fun. was very very cool. Right down to Iron Man One, yeah. Like do you know the, that was the, the wellspring of the entire? I uh, the actor yeah. or like the character? That actor is no. Um, I want to say his name's Peter Billingsley, the kid from A Christmas Story, who now is like John Favreau's producing partner, which is I guess how he ended up in Iron Man One. Wow. And he's like, he has that very small role in Iron Man 1, and he's like the guy when they cut to Jeff Bridges yelling at someone. That's Peter Billingsley. I hope he becomes like the, in like 10 years, in like phase nine, he's like, he's like Thanos. It's interesting. <laughs> Spider Man 1 also now, or um, what was the last one called? The Michael Keaton one. Also, Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming also kind of had a blue collar villain angle, right? Where like, um, Definitely, and so it's interesting. Sp- Spider Man's kind the... of the blue collar hero, right? And he's your local, right? Oh, sorry, I'm no. I mean, really, these are not original thoughts. Spider. You're the comic guy. No, like, I'm just I'm I'm now realizing. But this. it's fun. Like this, is, I'm like a novice, and I'm learning probably all these things that have been commonplace for comic book readers. But I'm like, oh sh- yeah, this is cool. Like, what I, do I, the normal people do in, in a superhero universe? Right. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm I'm only just realizing that the two Tom Holland Spider Man movies. Um, kind of play up the blue collar theme by also having blue collar villains. You yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. It's like totally, a major totally. theme of the movie. So there's also, a, but there, and, and then, but a less uh, blue collar aspect. You know, I love movies where, like, I, I love, we've talked about this, I love sci fi or action movies that, especially, not all, not just if, even if, but especially if they're kind of like hackneyed tackling, like, current event topics yep, yep. and this has a lot of fake news stuff totally in it. between what mysterio does and like manipulating you know imagery and stuff like that almost deep fake it's almost deep yeah, fake yeah, yeah. really and then of course uh, i guess since we're talking spoilers why not go all out the very end the post credit sequence is my i think my number one favorite post credit sequence in the entire my number one po- favorite post credit sequence in the entire yeah. marvel cinematic so universe that reveal of who is playing j of jk simmons playing coming back to play. J. Jonah Jameson already incredible because it's the I first actually, time they merged the original Spider-Man universe with this Spider-Man oh, universe. Oh, I don't think it's a merge. I think he's like a refugee. Like Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe is still in, you know, they've, and I'm speaking comic books now, but the same way they brought Miles Morales into the main universe, I think they're just like bringing J. Jonah Jameson. I don't think he like, that's the J. Jonah Jameson who knew Spider-Man and he, he didn't know like, Maybe not nominally, but I do think since this movie does specifically touch on themes of multiverses, even though that was all a lie, I do think there's a little bit of a wink there, but you're right. I I, I didn't think it was like a, I don't think it was, I don't think there's going to be some sort of weird revelation that that, that J.K. Simmons traveled between two universes. I literally clapped when I saw, like I. But to be clear, just to be clear, the post credit, 
J. Jonah Jameson appears, uh, played by J.K. Simmons from the original Spider-Man movies. Such a funny thing where he like appears on a screen outside Madison Square Garden and they're like broadcasting sound and everyone like stops and watches it like a TV. Like, can you imagine how loud the speaker <laughs> yeah. outside of Madison Square Garden <laughs> yeah. would have to be for everyone for they a block They never do. That's never happened. That's never Madison. happened. All they do is show is like, you know, Billy Joel again next week. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, it does. And then, but also the second thing is that um, this version of J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons, um, is basically Alex Jones. That's right. like, it's not subtle at all. The it's video like, game, it's, yeah. uh, the Spider-Man and video he's pr- game. And he's promoting mysterious fake news. The Spider-Man video game that recently came out on PlayStation 4 also took that angle. It made him um, an Alex jones podcast host, and you can like listen to his recordings oh. and like, run around, and it's like a really smart way to update J. Jonah Jameson. So these papers first. aren't a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're probably like in development at the same time, I cool. guess. It might even cool. be in the comics before that. I'm not sure. Anyway, well, anyway. So, Spider-Man. I think I like this movie. I think I like this movie more than I even thought before we started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like. Because we had a really robust conversation about it. All these Marvel movies. Maybe you, like, <laughs> listeners might disagree that it was robust, but. <laughs> all right, next on the list is one we already mentioned we didn't discuss. It was The Lion King. But it is time to settle up the bet of if The Lion King did worse than Aladdin sure. on Rotten Tomatoes. Side bet. Side you want to gamble one point on this? Let's gamble one point on this. So if I'm right, what was the bet? Who guessed what? You guessed. I can't remember what you guessed. I said yeah. the Lion King. I mean, it's, maybe it's not fair. Forget because, it. Yeah. What do you think did better on Rotten Tomatoes, Aladdin or the Lion King? The Lion King. You are wrong. <gasps> Aladdin was up by four points. Though I don't think there was a point at stake there. Um, so Aladdin got a 57 on Rotten Tomatoes. Lion King got a 53. I didn't see The Lion King. You should have taken the bet. I'll tell you what. You know what I... Well, I was looking at the answers. You know, um, I didn't know that... um, Or one thing I'll say is that even though I didn't see The Lion King or Aladdin, I did listen to the soundtracks. Like, I was like, there's no way I want to see Aladdin, but I got to hear Will Smith sing and only got to... Oh, what's the friend song? Never you had never a had like, a friend like me, I think. I, totally. And like I had to hear Donald Glover and Beyonce singing Lion King. I wanted to hear John Oliver and Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner singing. So I listened to the soundtracks because those... Oh, I know what I want to say about the Lion King. So I listened to the soundtracks. And uh, on Hakuna Matata... So I love the Lion King. I saw it a hundred times when I was a kid. I was yeah. at that age where that was like my Disney movie. And they're in Hakuna Matata, um, there's a song where... Uh, there's a part where he says... Uh, Pumbaa is sort of singing about, you know, his origin story, and he says that, uh, hold on, let me look up the lyrics here, let me get, make sure I get this right. Well, while you're doing that, one thing I was fascinated by, uh, I, when I heard about all the amazing voice talent, like Beyonce and Donald Glover, yeah, I was like, oh, I want to hear what they, I want to see, a, I want to see a lion talking with Beyonce's yeah. voice, couldn't find it. Yeah, it's like, I think, it was like an embargo. Not just on Beyonce, which obviously makes sense because she's Beyonce. There's not that much Donald Glover. Yeah, li- I think. And not even, I, I even wanted to see Zazu, John Oliver. Couldn't even find that. Everyone says it looks terrible. I didn't see it, but like that's, that's sort of the impression I got was that like when the lions talk, like because they're photorealistic and uh, real lions can't talk, that that's... But a- so is the Jungle Book, and that movie was a hit. It's, it's This feels no different. But I guess the Jungle Book, hmm. Well, Jungle Book has one human, you know? Um, yeah. It does change things a little bit, I guess. But I, I, don't I don't know, know. the Jungle Book animal. I don't know. I, like, just, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't saying that to be like, oh, they must have done that because they were afraid people would criticize it. I just thought, like, I just assumed it. With Beyonce, I assumed it was like, well, you, we're not gonna let you show. Like, she's Beyonce. Like, don't. Yeah. You can't show footage of her doing anything unless we right, say right, so right. because she's a goddess. 
or Donald Glover, like just sort of like they were just trying to like not release too much and make you see the movie to enjoy that aspect of it. Right. But I, I mean, it could be wrong. I don't know. But also, I'm just so curious. I really want to hear John Oliver, John Oliver Zazu. You can hear it on the soundtrack. No, I want to see it though. In the yeah, movie I want to see it. Too. I guess now, I should... Pat, this is getting tense because my guess for the Lion King was 75. You guessed a hundred. You straight up guessed it was going to get a hundred, which I like. I like your boldness. I well, think I think we were due for a bold guess. And hundreds happen on Rotten true. Tomatoes. And Lion King seems like the surest bet in the world, you know, because the original is so beloved. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that they seem to have messed it up. Okay. By sticking so closely. what'd you guess? Seventy-five. You guessed a hundred. Actual score: fifty-three. Fifty-three. Where does this leave us on the overall tally, Pat? We are tied. Our averages are both twenty-eight. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we are tied heading into our final two movies, and they're pretty good ones, too. This is, like, not planned. I'm not even being ironic I was a little worried when I missed the first one by 25 points, because I just thought, like, it was not going to be a game This seems like my Avengers, though. Like, this was a real swing and a miss for me. Yeah, The Lion King, let's see. I bet it's good. I think that's that's unfair. I think people are being hard on it. Our biggest misses, this is the biggest one you missed. Rotten Tomatoes is being hard on it. Right, right, right. Okay. Our last two movies are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Hobbs and Shaw. Both movies I suspect will have something to discuss. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, you saw it, it sounds like. Of course. I, also we, saw- I think we saw it the same night, different theaters. That's right, that's right. We had competing screenings. Um, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I guessed, let's see, I guessed a 75. Pat guessed a 92. Actual score, 85. Ooh, who, who won? Let's see. It's pretty close. I'm. Uh, you I, are three points closer to do that math. You are three points. I missed by ten. You missed by seven. But like the standard deviation for that one for you between you and I was pretty close. I don't know if that. How do standard deviations work? I think you need a lot of like sets, plus or you? five. Like a plus a standard deviation yeah. of plus or five yeah, and ninety percent is ninety five or eighty five. I guess ten low. You guess seven high. Wow. So, but I, we were. I'm saying we both were in the same ballpark. Right. 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 It actually was pretty close to the middle. So. Uh, let me tell you something about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I don't think I'm dumb or anything. I've got no idea what this movie's about. Like, I watched the movie, <laughs> and I've, like, I don't know what... I had no idea what it was about. I watched it. I paid attention. Um, I'm not sure either, but I'm, I'm okay with the mystery. Like, I have, I have theories. I have, like, thoughts. Like, I'm totally fine with movies that are not super... I think there's a very strong element of, like... Old Hollywood meets new Hollywood. That's not an original thought. Like, every review touched on this, but I think it's in there, for sure. Yeah, I don't know... I know very little about the Manson murders, and I think I would have been well-served to read a Wikipedia page about the Mansons and Sharon Tate before I got there, because it it felt like the movie... Uh, assume some familiarity with the Mansons. If not, literally, like, you can understand what happens in the plot, even if yeah. you're bad. But I think to... I think... To unlock what the movie's about, you need some greater understanding of the Mansons. Because, or I'm just dumb and I'm making excuses for why I don't understand this movie, you know? (laughs) Right. I think that, no, you're not wrong. I think that, like, there's elements of it that, that story, yeah, I don't know if it presupposes, but there are elements of it that definitely, like, are, you know, literally based on events of that story, and they thread into each other. I mean, the obvious comparison is in Glorious Bastards, which is like, it'd be like not knowing who Adolf Hitler was and watching right. Glorious Bastards, essentially. But Adolf Hitler is like... But everyone knows who he is, yeah. But yeah. it's like Charles Manson is not... You know, God God bless him. I, I almost <laughs> said God bless Charles Manson. Uh, I just did. Um, yeah, like I he's edited, not quite... I edited out, so it's just you saying that over and over again. <laughs> it's on a really bad loop, but everyone believes it. Um, 
Yeah. I felt dumb, and like I don't think it's a bad movie I don't, see, necessarily. I think, I think you're being too hard on yourself. I think you're putting too much pressure on yourself to want the movie to have like a super clean theme. I don't know. Yeah, sort of. And it sounds like I'm just trying to give the movie a pass, but I'm really not. I really like the movie a lot. But I actually didn't understand, like, I actually would say I did, there's not a lot of plot, really. Like, there's not a but lot. But it's never boring, right? Like, it's, it's still, true. it's still, maybe it's because you're giving, you're giving him a lot of rope because he is Quentin Tarantino. True. But goddamn, man, like, I was never bored in that it's movie. It's true. I guess it's, like, not a lot of story. And then also, I don't, like, really understand, like, why someone who could make any movie chose to make this movie, and he's been talking about it for so long, which isn't to say, like, I wish he made um, Kill Bill 2 instead or something. But I just, like, I don't totally appreciate what his obsession with this era is. And maybe right. I, I think that's the gap between me and this movie. Also, I think the Mansons are kind of icky, to be honest. Like, I don't enjoy learning about them. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, it's never been a subject that really fascinated me. And, like, well, I think, I think people kind of. The Mansons gla- are kind of icky, Pat. <laughs> I'd not God bless Charles Manson. Icky. They're yeah. icky. <laughs> and 9 11 was super gross. <laughs> um, I think uh, not to. I'm not trying to pivot away from your debate, but like the Manson thing is obviously like the. It leads to one of the most memorable scenes in the entire movie. But it is a small percentage of the movie. Is that where you're going with this? It's not the small percentage, but it's like like if you if you say Brad Pitt's story is the Manson half of the movie, the other half is basically DiCaprio, which is like almost Manson-less. It's like it's this basically just this story about him. Uh, being on set for this one episode of a Western and, you know, and trying really hard to act really well, despite maybe having a drinking problem or being concerned about his career or right. whatever. I I just think that it's like, they're two very different stories. People compare it to Pulp Fiction. I've, I've heard comparisons to Pulp Fiction. A lot of differences, obviously, but they're both these kind of LA kind of like mm. these sort of dif- divergent, you can include Sharon Tate's story. Her screen time is less, but like, so, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a little more of a mess of a movie than a. It's more accurate to describe it, I think, as a sort of like series of L.A. stories than like an A to B. Than the then quote unquote the Charles Manson movie, right? I but mean, you know, whatever. I'm, I think if you like Manson and his followers appear in probably very little of the pretty long movie, like maybe twenty percent of it, maybe yeah. a third, something like that. If that, no, I think it's fair, yeah. And so, but they they loom large, almost like a horror movie. You know, like, you know they're in the movie. You know Sharon Tate's, like, a central character. And uh, so, like, even though they're not a big part of the movie, they, like, kind of hang over the whole thing. So, like, totally, they're, yeah, they're yeah. present. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know. And, and, like, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, what, like, clearly, like, and the movie was, like, the marketing for it was, like, hey, Charles Manson's in this. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like they weren't aware of it or whatever. Um, all right. So, Pat, cool. the average is, let's see, am I up? We are tied heading into our final movie. Wow. And this is a movie where we're pretty far apart. This is going to be decided on Hobbs and Shaw. I'm so, so glad that Hobbs and Shaw is the final movie. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Because you and I have a long history with this franchise. A long history. I'm sure we've seen multiple of these films together. Of the Fast and Furious films. Also... I feel like you were slightly ahead of the curve. I'm just, I'm gonna I'm gonna float your boat before we yeah please bite each other in the neck. We're talking over about the, the Statham August thing. The late I think before even he was in Fast and the early on you realized that Jason Statham was always in a late August 
action film that was pretty good. We probably discussed this pre- one in three years that we do this podcast. Uh, this pre review. Fast and Furious. Uh, yeah, I can't really because Jason Statham makes crank. Action movies. I mean, I'm sure one of the cranks are them. Yeah, um, but beyond that, like the Death mechanic, Race, maybe. the mechanic. Race, yeah, because yeah. he makes these action movies that are definitely summer movies, but they're not as big as. Uh, you know, in the same way Godzilla was a small movie next to Infinity War, the mechanic is a small movie next to Godzilla. Correct, yeah. So this is a pretty big movie for him because it tears him up with The Rock and it connects to this other franchise. He's, on the, he's the star. He's like literally one of the two names in the poster. So this is probably the biggest Jason Statham movie, I would guess. Um, yes. So let's do the math. This is going to be – this is it. So I guessed 60. You guessed 90. Actual Rotten Tomatoes score for Fast and the Furious is – 66! 66! What? what? That's right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw doesn't rev as high as the franchise's best installment, but gets decent mileage out of its well-matched stars and over-the-top action sequences. Believe it or not, that puts me up by exactly one point. Shut a, up! A photo finish on the last movie. Very exciting. If only we actually did that bet about the over-under. The, the, yeah, the over-under on the, the movie. But so Hobbs uh, You won? You, you've won. I've won. I've won. By the entire point. shemang. Yeah, so... On this... I want. I don't mind losing, but not on this. This movie was good. I just. To, I want to hear more about Hobbs and Shaw because I didn't see it. And I probably could or should. Well, now you definitely have to. You owe it a lot. That's true. So I gotta see. Well, I want to see the hustle. It's so fine. It's interesting. I guessed my average guess. Like I guessed over all my movies. If you average them together, I guessed seventy-four. Your average, if you average all the movie, all of your guesses, was eighty-one. Actual Rotten Tomato average at the end of the summer is fifty-eight. Um. So just being a little. It's just so. Statistically, we we were both. I I like move. I have I like movies. I enjoy, I have more faith in movies than you do. Yeah, you have less than I do. But we both have more faith in movies than what Rotten Tomatoes do, do, concedes. Yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, so the thing about Rotten Tomatoes is like it's hard. I guess it's hard when you are only reading. I guess with all these movies, we like assumed a base level of competence. Like not having seen the hustle and not knowing much about it. Like we were like, Oh, that sounds pretty good. 80, you know, like you had, like we kind of, we we gave them the execution. Like we assumed all these movies would be executed decently. And then just sometimes I guess that's not what happens. Um, and you look at like the hustle or ugly dolls and like these movies just are shaft or whatever. And they just get, uh, there was no movies that like you and I guess like really, really low on. And I, it's, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. That's 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 my conclusion. As angry as I am, and I'm really angry, because uh, I thought this would be the first time I literally ever beat you in a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my streak, continues. especially one that involved math uh, of any kind. Like, remember, like Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is oh, it's whatever. <laughs> Let's add board games to this in case <laughs> the math didn't turn people off. Um, We're gonna get out of this under two hours, Pat. Congrats. We're at an hour forty-five now, but we still have to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I want to hear about Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, well, I'll be quick. Well, let me talk about Hobbs and Shaw, then we'll have final thoughts, and okay. I'll save that for Hobbs that, yeah. and Shaw. Is it... So, I didn't see Hobbs and Shaw. It's I'm amazing, of, and anyone who thinks it deserves <laughs> 60% is an, is an idiot. I'm a bit of a grumpy puss about the Fast and the Furious franchise at this point. I think there's been three bad Fast and the Furious movies, and I never what liked it as much as John you, Wick. Dude? You don't like the John Wick movies or the Fast and the Furious movies? I never like Fast and the Furious as much as I like John Wick. There's been some bad Fast and the Furious. The last few uh, Fast and the Furious movies are not very good. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a pastiche. It's some are bad, some are good. It's I guess all it's one thing. it's kind of like thing. the thing I was saying about John Wick, where like I feel like they're barely... Like, they're not even coherent. Like, the idea that, like, Jason Safe, like, it's not really Hobbs and Shaw. Like, they basically should have called it, like, The Rock and Statham because, like, Hobbs and Shaw are not really characters. Like, they're both the exact persona those guys play in every single movie, you know? Like, um, like what? I don't know anything. So when Shaw's mother was sent to prison for 10 years 
that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it, Jeff. Well, when Shaw killed Han, to use the thing that like a lot of people point to. Okay, so the like, writer that, is that basically the writer has promised justice for Han, for Han. He's aware of that, and he very cryptically said. Like quote unquote justice for Han. Yeah, uh, this is I'm, I, this is in the movie. We or shouldn't you're explain this at the all. The writers right? tweeted this. Do we even need to like backstory this? I'm so confused bad. if it's something in the movie. There's so a, in, yeah, I mean, so I, Jason Statham's character was a bad guy in this film who memorably killed in the best Fast and the Furious movie, and with a cool scene that really I think kicked the Fast and the Furious into its current gear. He murdered a very important good character, and now he himself Han. has been Han. And now Statham himself is in the franchise. Everyone knows this that watches the franchise. Right, right, but we'll, So he's a bad case. guy, but now like two movies later, he's a good guy, which is kind of what happens with those movies. The Rock was the antagonist. But The, but the Rock was like a cop who was chasing him. So it's him, morally questionable. To... Side. But Jason Statham was like a murderer who was right. with them, and now they're on the same side. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, the, the writer said that of the movie, said of, the mo- of most of the movies, I think like almost all of them or something, uh, has said that quote-unquote, justice for Han is coming. Mm, okay. Like, in, in an interview. And I am I was having a debate uh, with a friend uh, at work the other day. Not on a podcast. This is not a podcast? This is real life. The real life, dude. Wow, interesting. Uh, that In this universe, that could mean anything. That could mean a... Jason Statham like sacrifices himself to like redeem himself yeah, and yeah. just sort of like pays for his sins. That counts. But it could also mean... That like Han is brought back to life with nanobots, or that like <laughs> yeah. he never died in the first place. They brought Letty back, Michelle Rodriguez, because yeah, yeah, yeah. she blew up in a car in like episode, in installment whatever. Five, and then a, I and think. a few later, they were like, and the excuse no, when four, they four. and then they brought her back somehow, and they're like, oh, how they bring her back? And like the and the excuse was, hey, you know the explosion that killed Letty? It didn't. <laughs> that was the extent of their explanation. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's that's like why I find it hard to get excited about the Fast and the Furious movies is because, as you may have guessed from listening to this podcast, like, I love bad action movies, but um, I don't know, like, there's not, like, a, there's not a lot to hold on to. Like, I want, like, I want there to be, like, a basic, coherent story, and it can be very simple. It's almost better if it's simple, but I need, like, I want it to have, like, one coherent story in the middle of it. But doesn't Wick have... Okay, so I'll, I'll, I will admit that Fast and the Furious... Stretches. I didn't see this credulity. movie, by the way, but I'm just explaining why I haven't seen no, it. No, Even though right, I saw no. fucking, I don't know. Uh, actually, these are all pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty pleased with what I saw this summer. It's very fair to say that The Fast and the Furious is like stretches narrative coherence. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that. Yeah. But doesn't John Wick 3, do the John Wick series do a pretty good job at that? Well, the first one does. The two and three don't. And that's kind of what I was trying to explain earlier. In what way? I mean, what is... John Wick 2 about it's like this whole thing where like he has this he has this favor and then he goes and meets the woman and then she kills right. himself like the whole plot's really convoluted like the first one has this great simple framing where it's like he kills the dog and then it's a revenge story like it spends like a half hour maybe even 20 minutes just like setting up like there's like a calm retired dude and then it like turns it all on it bit. is cool that this in like with the third one and now we're just talking about John Wick but it is fascinating that at the end of John Wick 3, we now have this bizarre war in a fictional assassin verse that involves like going to the wandering in a desert and chopping your finger off. It's almost like biblical at this point. Oh, yeah, point. I forgot he chopped his finger off. It's like, it, it, it's almost like Dune or something. I never read that book, but like, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's beyond even, it's not even science fiction. It's like this metaphysical yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And but it all started with just a dog being killed, right? Like, right. Well, not just a dog so being killed. So I guess John Wick like, is actually a pretty good comparison to Fast and the Furious, right? Because what's Fast and the Furious? What it's about like DVD sales, a uh, DVD players like being jacked off trucks. In the fur in part one, and like, now this one he's got yeah. like it's got nanobots, right? Does how is what is the source of Idris Elba's power in this? Oh uh, yeah, he's. I mean, uh, na- it's not nanobots, nanobots. Cyber tech. He's a cy- He's a cyber enhanced super soldier. There, yeah, there's. So, I can't. Well, you haven't seen it yet, I, and I think you don't want spoilers for this. Is it good? Yes. Okay. I, you know, what I told. Well, I guess I guess that was a guess. That was a guess. But I is, stand by my percentage. I should see Hobbs and Shaw. I guess I should. I, I assumed you were. I mean, there's I, a even zero the, even percent the, chance I, I die without seeing Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Like I'm definitely gonna see. Hobbs I can't and believe Shaw it's not day. just on your queue at least. I don't know. It's like I thought about seeing it, but it's not like. So it's I see so many of these movies as you guys you can listen, but like Spider Man comes out, it's like I'm setting aside tonight a night to see that. Hobbs and Shaw, it's like maybe it'll come, maybe it won't. It's just like not that exciting for me. I don't know. Wow. I'll see it eventually. Um, so that is summer movie 2019. I like this format. I would consider doing yeah, this again. I'm, for- I'm really mad. This was very fun. I'm mad that I lost you, but actually it could be worse. I, I'm, I don't, I'm, I probably would have seen the hustle anyway. So like, I, I'm not angry that I have to see the hustle. I think it could be a good movie. I think I'm, I love everyone involved with it. I think it's going to be fun. I, it could have been like it could have been like the Playmobile movie or something. This is gonna be great, Pat. When you f- see the hustle, can you like record a two minute audio diary at the end and send it to me, and I'll include it at the end of whatever podcast, whenever that is, of of this episode. No, or? no, no. In the future, like, sure, yeah, yeah. I don't care when you watch it, but when you okay. watch it, oh, I, there's no timeline. Yeah, before the next, before let's say before summer movie review X, which is what I'm calling it, starting now. Um, before, so before next year, you got to watch the hustle, and when you watch it, maybe record like a two minute yeah, audio diary, and I'll throw it whatever we the podcast is. I'll throw it at the end of that. Okay, <laughs> I can't believe we've done nine of these. It's pretty crazy. It's, and this is a two parter. Yeah, this was a two parter. Pat, this was fun. This was. Fun. I hope. I feel like this is. I think we brought it in. This was under two hours. I think we usually go over. two I just hours. love that, like you and I do these podcasts that are just like we really want. We're gonna do like a two hour podcast about like. Very minute, like every summer movie, including the ones that nobody saw, and like hope people watch that. And then this year, we we're like, you know, what was missing actuarial tables, <laughs> you <laughs> statistics. Wanna, I actually want to turn around. But someone listening is going to be like that loves me. Like some like Billy Bean out there is going to fucking love this. Pat, look at this spreadsheet. Yeah, you got to share this. Yeah, I'll, I'll put an image of this online. But there's lots of color coding to help me figure out who missed by the most and where. It's it's really fun. Yeah, I'm looking at the Unabomber's diary right now, so, um, so please we, share that. We, we can divide up the stats and, you know, cut it up a few different ways. And maybe we have, like, a, a, a legacy fantasy league, you know? Like, these results carry over to the next I'm, one. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I like that idea. All right. Well, Pat, uh, Pat, you know, this is true, and this might be fun for listeners to know. Uh, every year, this is the most popular episode of this podcast. Every wow. every year, this is the most Thank popular you. episode. So I hope I hope you guys like math because I I like math. I I do like this a lot. So this is great. This this is why I think people like like sabermetrics and fantasy football, except it's movies. Yeah, I was like, is there any way this annual thing Pat and I do could be dorkier? Like, is there anything I could do to make it? If this is popular, we should. Do, I like. I like it. We're doing it. We're doing we it next make year. Make it even ten, nerdier. There's no way we're doing not doing a ten year anniversary. A ten year anniversary. That's pretty. Legit. If we do this for like fifty years, we'll be able to like make the perfect movie where it's like, well, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure someone's done this already. I'm sure like every studio has this spreadsheet. Right, right. The point is. Uh, Jeff and I are going to write Hobbs and Shaw meets Ugly Dolls in 2022 and then we'll rate it and then we'll talk about it in that podcast Pat thank you again so much thank you
Okay.